Good evening and welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast. So we are in week eight of our preseason reviews. I'm your host, Stuart Lord, and tonight I'm joined by Mitch Brown, our expert physio. Hey, Mitch. Hey, mate. How's it going? Good, good, good. Set for the little robot sound, but you should be good. And Nick Lord, who is our fantasy nugget slash stats expert. Hey, Nick. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, good, good. Yeah, and look, guys, uh, let's let's start off with the uh, with the socials, guys. We're on Facebook and Instagram. There's stuff up more than every day at the moment. Nick and I have been going a bit wild with the Facebook posts and stories. I put Fui Mayono in jail this week. Like it's all everything's been going down. And thank you for the people who are responding to us, or you know, writing up or asking questions. Like, we appreciate it, guys. We love talking footy. And we love knowing that I'm not just talking to the friggin' moon. <laughs> Howling out. Or, or our collective mothers. That's it. <laughs> not relying on our mums to get the single like for the week. <laughs> so, Thanks, mum. As I, as I said in the past, I, I can't get Emma or mum to watch it. So <laughs> this just, I guess I'm just talking to your mum. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh. Anyway, and so look, so thanks everyone who's, who's taken the time to do that. Uh, and look, we got daily content, guys, especially for all of the preseason. And once the season gets going, it'll be pretty damn regular because I'm always watching the friggin' footy or uh, the you know, NRL 360 while I'm taking a walk. Anyway, uh, we also have our NRL League Up. I'll be posting that again, but it's, it's in our recent socials uh, with our team ladders on how to join. Otherwise, just DM us. We'll get you in there. We have a ton of players. Does anyone know how many people we have in our league yet? Um, I think we're 150, 200 at the moment. I'll get you a number. Just, 206. Uh, wow, Nick. That's, uh, what, 205 times $5 you're donating to charity. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, guys, keep on joining. There's no, you know, there's no spoon in this one. And- we should just start getting bot accounts and just loading it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So Nick will be bankrupt by the end of the season. Uh, anyway, guys, it's been a big week this week. The first week of NRL trials, which is probably the worst week of the season because it kind of sets up like this weird expectation about how the season's going to run. Guys, trials, what did you think? Just from an overall basis. I enjoyed the fact that we actually got coverage. Um, there were some teams that I thought that did display elements of what we're likely to see uh, in the season. I thought the Eagles for a brief period were one. I thought we saw streaks of what we're likely to see from Newcastle. Um, the Bulldogs showed moments. So it's kind of like you get a bit of a taste of, of some teams. But, you know, we were chatting about it before. Teams like... Uh, the Roosters and the Panthers, it was kind of a bit of a throwaway game and you just basically look at that and move on to next week and don't think or worry about it too much. Yeah, no, 100%. Nick, any, any more thoughts from you on that? Mate, the footy's back. Woo! You know, had it on the um, on the Friday and the wifey, she couldn't believe that it was back one again. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, my wife says that she loses me from about March to September, and I had to remind her it's the end of September that she loses me till. So, <laughs> and um, the it's not March; it's now middle of Feb, really. So, um, you know, so occupation hazard. What can you say? Oh, so she doesn't enjoy watching with you. 
No, mate, she does she does like it and stuff, but um, you know, I think when you're sacrificing thirty odd weeks of your year to watch footy, I'm not sure she likes it that much. <laughs> That's it. Oh mate, and then there's the World Cup at the end of the year, so we've got another three weeks. Four weeks. <laughs> It'll be awesome. Uh sick. It's gonna be a great year of footy guys. Uh hopefully this COVID thing's behind us, so yeah, we get to get really excited for it this year. Mm. And look, let, let's roll through the games real quick, yeah? Um, so, look, the first one we had uh, was, from memory, we had uh, the NRL trials, and I, my brain seems to be fading on me here. So, we had the Seagulls versus the Raiders. First, as one of the first games that we saw there. So, guys, how do we feel? Oh, sorry, no, no. That was, that's this coming. So, it's the Raiders versus the Roosters. I was right. Raiders versus the Roosters, guys. What do we think about that one? might throw this one to you Stu because I only watched brief periods of it but uh, sort of just stealing from what you've got down here the big thing was Xavier Savage um, were some whispers as you were saying when we are going through the injuries that his AC joint might be an issue um, no longer concerned about that so he's certainly looking like a potential spicy uh, pick moving into the season yeah, I think uh, I think Savage got found out in defence, boys. Like he had a couple of really good moments, um, you know, busting to a line and some good touches. And oh, he's a quick guy, but you know he's got a long way to go in terms of the full back positioning. Which you know, CNK, I really think he'll uh, hold that position for a long time over Savage, just from that point of view. Yeah, no, that's that's true. I did see a few handling errors. Like he looked great in attack, but just a few. And CNK, uh, Charles Nickel. Uh, Klukstad, he uh, had a few issues as well, but they seem more rusty rather than just basic Butterfingers ones. So can we see, can we see Savage put somewhere else in the team. Does he have to play no. fullback? Like, like wing, I, he, wing, I think wing would be okay. I mean, center. I think he's probably would score more points out there. That wouldn't be wouldn't be terrible. I still think you know. He possibly could find his way into a few fantasy teams. Just that speed, man. I think he's got some tries in him, particularly on a Raiders team that's going to find its way into the top two or three this year. Yeah. I would also say Jared Croker played, and he played big minutes. He actually went off at halftime, came back on for another 15 to get some minutes in his legs. Pick some goals as well. He did, which means that his leg must be all right. Not amazing, but like well enough to kick goals, Mitch. That's a bit of stress on the knees. Uh, it is. Um... Remember, he hasn't had to play for the better part of four to five months. Uh, it's a sort of injury that the more he's on it, the more tackles he's making, the more times he's tackled, uh, the more he's going to be shown out. So I still think he's a wait and see. I would still be extremely nervous. Uh, he's got that hocus-pocus fluid in there, and that's about it. So I'm not convinced. No, fair enough. I, I didn't think you would be, mate. But look... Uh, 300k center who's kicking goals you know at, at least oh, he, he is now worth the risk he's worth the risk but he won't be on my team that's it oh yeah I did that's a yeah good point there uh, look we also got West Tigers versus the Seagulls and so look the Tigers uh, guys uh, who watched that oh. one I don't need to watch that to know how the Tigers would have would have gone. Um, Mate, it was twenty eight points to four. I I think you know what are, what are the odds of Madge making it through this season? I know they re-signed him, but but is he a realistic prospect to make it to around twenty six, or or are they going to 
resign themselves to 16th. Oh, I know. Nick, your thoughts? Um, yeah, I don't... Uh, they were against a strong Manly side, so let's put this into a little bit of context. Yeah, Manly trotted out a lot of uh, first stringers, so um, I'm not going to read too much into it, but yeah, Tigers look pretty trash. As we expected. I did. Peachy looked okay in the middle, right? Like, I, I came away feeling from that because he really had a bit of speed in there. He, he kind of half broke the line, got those quick play the balls, which is good. Stefano uh, Utuk Ikamanu did not look that great, unfortunately. Now, that could just be game one blues. You know, he didn't see a huge amount of time. So I'm, I'm really looking out for him this week because he kind of went from my definites list to my maybes list. But again, try not to read too much into that. And the Seagulls, I guess, what? Watch out for friggin' Turbo, right? Yeah, I thought um, I thought uh, Cherry Evans looked very sharp. He's looking very trim and very sharp. So I think I think Cherry Evans could be in for a big year, guys. Yeah. And also, look- um, also Carl Lawton uh, started hooker, which was pretty interesting. Um, you know, we've got him slotted in on the edge, but he started hooker. Sorry, Mitch. I. I- from what I understand, Cherry Evans was carrying a groin injury through the majority of last year. It wasn't something I flagged uh, last week because he's not bringing it into this season, but he's he's going to be much fitter and healthier than he was last year. So whatever we saw last year, I think you could add 10% to what we're going to get this year. I, I suspect we'll see him taking on the line a bit more and a bit less of that dinner suit role. So. Well. And he was the top scoring fantasy player last that, year. So. That is what I was getting at. And we'll talk about that more as we go through the podcast. Yeah, oh, mate, that's friggin' gross. Okay. So, no, he did look very good. A lot of good kicking in there. And he's not like he has to share much with uh, much of the kicking duties with his halves partner, Kieran Foran. So, and yeah, uh, I think they look good. I think that you're back in the Eagles this year, do pretty well. Uh, Storm, uh, did we see much in this one, guys? that you really cared about from them? No, nothing major at all from the Storm. Uh. Yeah, they a lot of second stringers there, guys. I mean, Coates scored on his first uh, touch of the ball, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Jack Howarth, he played centre, I think. Um, mm. I was having a look it up for this week. So I didn't know he could play centre. Uh, so, um, But I didn't watch the full game. What do you yeah. think, Stu? Oh, look, I, it looked good for Coates as far as, like, you know, they'll get him quality ball, which he was not getting at Brisbane from his halves, and that he looks very dangerous when he does get quality ball because he's a mm. big and very fast boy. And he came in field looking for a couple of carries, which he didn't do at Brisbane. So that's promising signs for, I think he's probably, like, the fifth or sixth most uh, carried player. So good signs for him. And, yeah, Howarth. And I guess Sonny Bill played center when he started, didn't he? So, you never yes. know, know where he might end up. But look, he he looked good, but I don't think there's much much in him beginning. Of the season. Is how worth the next Sunny Bill, mate? Don't know, mate. But I, I just, <laughs> he, the Storm have dropped five hundred grand on him. We'll, we'll get to him later in the podcast. Yeah, it's it's cracking on. Uh look, uh, Warriors guys. You know, while she looked okay, and Montoya picked up a what a treble, at least a double. Uh, no, I think three. So he looked all right. Anything else you guys took away from this? Elia Katoa. He looked really good. Very strong, I thought, um, from what I saw of him. So um, I see a lot of people bringing him into side, into their sides this week, I think, on the back of that performance. so He's um, named, He is named on the edge this week, starting edge. So that's, Yeah, he was. Uh, I think he was – was he – 
lock or second row this week or something like that as well. So yeah, awesome. So I mean, in the I mean in the first trial. So yeah, yeah, I, I, he's the one that stood out for me on the Warriors. Easy. Uh, look, Rabbitohs. I got, uh, quickly, this was a second string team. I think. Only disappointment for me, Jackson Paulo did not look particularly good, but he was playing with no one who will be playing with him regular season. Like there was no Mans, like uh, uh, no Alex Johnson. There's no uh, Walker. There's no uh, Latrell. So I don't know how much you can take away from that. And I think like realistically with his age, we're anticipating he's going to score his points and excel off the back of those players, right? So I would file that in the don't worry about it category. Yeah, I'm going to watch him real hard this week because he's in my he's in my 21. But I'm he's in my 21 too. I'm just but I'm really going to watch this week because he does play with all the boys in the Charity Shield and they take that game pretty serious. Or at least the first 40 minutes they will. Yeah, 100. Uh, percent Cowboys, anything in that one, guys? Did we see much? Second string team. Um, nothing to take away from it. And I, frankly, I don't have too many Cowboys in my... In fact, I don't think I have a single Cowboy in my current uh, draft team. Fair enough. Mm, no. Yeah, no, no, I didn't play. So um, that's who I was hoping to see this week in his first trial. But um, we'll see if he plays in the second week as a, as a popular sort of option. Kind of promising, though, because if they played second stringers and he didn't play, good news, right? So Absolutely, man. Uh, Titans. Uh, Nick, thoughts? Um, oh, I didn't catch that one actually. I didn't. Uh, I didn't, I, I didn't I, watch I, the KM mini. I I did watch that. It was quite an interesting game in that uh, the Titans came out pretty hot and heavy, and boy oh boy, did Kevy look like uh, for a period that he was regretting leaving his broadcasting <laughs> role. It sort of Adam Seabold Mark it, too. Yeah, yeah, there was sort of a uh, a panning to, to Kevy at some point. I think they were possibly 12 or 18 down at this point. He just he just looks bewildered at how his team could be so isn't, far down. Isn't that a weekly thing for him? Well, this is it. Like, this is effectively what's been <laughs> happening the last, you know, two years. And he looks surprised. And I'm going, well, this is <laughs> kind of what I expected. But the Broncos did eventually come come good um the thing about brisbane is uh i'm not making any judgments till i see adam reynolds because they've been uh half back and five eightless for multiple seasons and i've staked their sixth position on him being in there so not too much to take away as Stu's put down here i did think billy walters had uh, a couple of good moments stags got through the game uninjured so that's good and uh, i thought toby sexton looked quite good as well yeah no, fair enough. All, all correct on that. Uh, and the Broncos. Uh, look, I, I guess a, a little bit of news from this one as well. Uh, so, uh, Walters, yeah, Walters look good. But the, uh, Corey Pay, is it how you say it? Yep. Yeah, he's possibly won the number nine jersey. So, uh, possibly off the back of this trial. Right, and Cobo too, so has won the number one jersey. So at least, you know, going into the first couple of rounds, that could be some interesting uh, interesting options out there, guys. He's at 323K currently uh, and 3% team ownership. So I tell you what, that resolves, if, if he does start, that would potentially resolve my Harry Grant headache um, in that I might try and ride his cash, pay his cash for a bit and then switch over later on. Easy. 
All right. Uh, so let's keep it cracking along. Uh, look, Panthers, that was a real second string team. Uh, any of you guys watch this one? No. Nick? Um, yeah, I caught some of it. Yeah. Um, I know you've written here, Targo looked good. I thought he looked good too. Um, Maverick Geyer, with, um, he's missing a couple of letters in Maverick, but anyway, he looked very strong as well. Um, yeah, no, he's missing the E and the C or something like that in Maverick, like classic MG. Anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. that's, is that going on the slander list? Yeah, no, that's not slander. It's just he doesn't know how to spell Maverick. That, like, <laughs> that, that's literal slander. No, no, no. That's, literally that's not literal. the slander. The slander is classic Mark Geyer. That's where the slander is. <laughs> 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 nah, I, I've I've loved MG for all over the years, but oh, yeah, shut I, just, up. I, I, I just I honestly couldn't believe it when I saw it. Anyway, he, he's got a killer of a, a son uh, who absolutely tore it up. Did he get a doubles due? Now he got a he, he got one, but he got a try assist where basically could have fallen over the line, but gave it to another boy. So, and he dropped yeah, another I, one, which I, was I, about I, to rush over for a try. So look, he looks the goods, man. When he gets a run. I didn't reckon- the Panthers team at all really did you oh mate look I'm a Panthers fan and I was really looking at the SG ball team right and uh, it's but it's a good showing for depth Sean O'Sullivan did look good so if if Cleary is not right like the pant like don't go get Sean O'Sullivan like I'll put it out there unless Cleary like leg literally falls off permanently but uh otherwise uh, Sean O'Sullivan at least looks like the Panthers do all right when he's running around. All right, so and look, the Sharks look. I'll, I'll be honest with this one. Trindle looked pretty friggin' poor. Like, and he's suspended for two weeks for a friggin' high shot. So, not really a great start to the year for him. Which means that uh, Maddie Moylan. That's it. He's he's pretty sure of the number six unless something wild happens, like he. Does his get up wrong? He could get injured. That's it. So, <laughs> so Matty Moylan to start, which you know we'll go through the implications of that, especially come Teamless Tuesday next week, because we don't want to yep. take too much out of this one. Uh, or not Teamless Tuesday next week. It's in two weeks' time. Uh, look, let's Roosters. You know, I'll dispatch this one, guys. There's no one really worth looking at in the Roosters team. They were really playing second stringers just to get a feel for them. Lachlan Lamb at fullback, just as a backup. Say so interesting there. We already went through Roosters, mate. Oh, we did too. Did we go through the Roosters? Yeah. Oh, we did too. I just had them down twice because I'm an idiot. Uh, let's go with the Eels. Uh, Hayes Dunster. Gone. Poor guy. That's it. Was he the victim to Fuimona's um, thuggery? <laughs> yeah, he was, mate. What's more, they're basically brother-in-laws, bro. <laughs> How's our uh, flog team going? Have we have we set up our twenty one yet? Like, are they going? Are we going to enter that into the league? I don't think we can enter it into the league. But uh, look, I I certainly think that uh, there's there's more candidates than there were at the beginning of the year. So, I mean, it, it could run last, given half the team's going to spend the season suspended. But I think Fuey's got to get a run in there, doesn't he? That's true. And and just for the viewers at home, we uh, we talked about. Uh, while well, the uh, Indigenous uh, round game was on, uh, all the all uh, Indigenous All-Stars game was on, uh, making a team of uh, just the flogs of the league. 
and uh, who would be in there. So, look, we might have to publish that at some point, assuming that uh, I get legal advice that I'm not about to get sued because of it. Pretty much players are like to get suspended for various reasons. That's sort of the... the, the um, yeah. Too lazy, didn't read sort of part of it. Yeah, or players who was banned from going on school trips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wonder who that could be. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, look, moving on. Uh, look, Lane, Sean Lane looked excellent. Uh, he, he genuinely turned around a few times, so I think part of that was poor Dragon's uh, edge defense. They just weren't working together at the time. Uh, Maddo off the bench, boys. He came I did off- not like him. I thought he looked average, mate. Yeah, plus he got simbined, though not suspended. Nick, uh, do you, you didn't really catch much of this one, did you? Yeah, yeah, I got, I got some of this game. Um... Yeah. Uh, in terms of the eels, not so much, but the dragons. Um, I really liked how um, Ramsey. He looks quick. He who did he chase? He chased um, someone down to the eels on the wing. I, I I couldn't remember who it was, but he is quick, guys. I didn't realize Ramsey was so quick. He, he looks like he's got a little bit more size as well. I know that he he had previous play previously played that fullback role do we think there's any chance he could snub Sloan for that or um, is did they just put Sloan out on the wing to keep him away from any potential injuries well I don't know about hook he I do know that like hook did bring on a, a bunch of youngsters like uh, Cleary and Co to build the Panthers team so he's not afraid of throwing new guys in. Um, but look, Ramsey, you're right. He did look quick and he did look good underneath the ball, right? But to be fair, Sloan looked pretty good in that game too. I thought all the young guns we spoke about on the St. George team looked good. I think they're going to, as we discussed, have points in them. I thought Amon had good moments. He'll benefit so much from having uh, Ben Hunt there, who, as as we all said and Greg Alexander was saying on the telecast, I think... Ben Hunt under Hook will be a much better player as he was last year. And I think Amon, therefore, will benefit from it. I think, as you said, Sloan's going to be really good. Wouldn't worry too much about the edge defense. I think they're still working that out. And they were missing a couple of their key uh, starters from that. So, you know, I thought there was just a few moments of miscommunication on their front. Largely for the Eels, I think, you know, exactly as we said, I know that they didn't have their full team out there. Um, you know, they had Jacob Arthur out there. I believe there was no Dylan Brown or uh, Mitchell Moses, but they looked like a downgrade of last year, and that's kind of my sense of what they'll be this year. Um, can, can I say kind about of Eels, though, for the people at home, the, the people angriest about where we've put the teams this year on the ladder have been all of the Eels supporters. They they, they seem to think that this year's the year, or at least, you know, their top... Top four, if any, top six. if any prospective listeners want to take me on a sandwich bet that the Eels will not finish in the top four, happy to steal your lunch. Top eight? No, no, no I'm not taking that because oh. they could do that. Yep. I'm not an idiot. Fair. I, enough. I'm not made of money. I'll take top four though. Top four. I've got them missing the eight on four and against, so I'm not saying they're crap. Yeah, no, I, just I, I, the draw. don't miss out by a smidge. Yeah. No, I gotcha. Now that that's fair enough. Okay, so we we've done them and look, the last game of the week. Dogs versus the Knights, which is a bit of a friggin' dog's breakfast. Oh, yuck. Okay, so let's start with the Dogs. Now, I think the number one we learned is that the Dogs halves, they need friggin' Burton. If Burton doesn't work, the Dogs don't work. Uh, They've got all their lunch money on Matt Burton. I thought in attack they were discombobulated. 
there was no real go forward or plan. They played tough, but they've played tough, you know, ever since I've been watching them. Uh, their back line was middling at best. I thought Matt Dufty looked bigger. He continues to make good attacking decisions. He has zero running game unless there's a five-meter hole for him to go straight through. Um, and under the high ball, you still kind of get the heebie-jeebies. But look, if Matt Burton works on a tough uh, Bulldogs team with Tavita Pengai Jr. and Paul Vaughan and Hetherington, um, I suspect that they will be a much better team this year. But boy, oh boy, does Matt Burton need to work out. 100%. And it's a real risk because, like, at least, you know, the Panthers last year, they had um, Pyro, May and Burton. Right, and this year they've got Sean O'Sullivan, but who have the Bulldogs got? Like we've just seen what Averillo and Flanagan and Wakem can put out. Like it's, it's not got Matt Burton. That's it. I would have, yeah, no, definitely. So, uh, look, I thought Pangai Junior looked decent. Though I know a few people online have said, look, they didn't love it. I think that he looked pretty good in basically a team which wasn't doing much either side of him. In, in TPJ's defence, he's gone from the Broncos to the Panthers to the Bulldogs. So he, uh, I'm willing to give him a few weeks to settle into um, more minutes and in just his role within the Bulldogs, I guess. 100%. Look, he's a quality player. And look, Hetherington, I wanted to see, but apparently was out because his baby was born the night before. So wait. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, and look, Max King, and a bunch of people have talked about Max King and how good he looked, and I completely agree with you. I'll also say that you've got Paul Vaughan, you've got Thompson, you've got Jackson just sitting there. They're all big minute players. They're all big boys. Like, I, I can't see Max King getting big minutes. Can you guys? No. Like no. In the rotation. And look, if, if there's an injury happens, look, I can see Max King sort of walking in, and he looked quality but he's just the Bulldogs forward pack is like I don't know what what would you call it it's on human growth hormone so uh, it, well and that's that's just it so if Matt Burton works it works out and can lead this team around the paddock they will be a good team that's it well I guess a lot lot on him but we'll find out anyway and the Knights well look we, we were talking this, about this before the podcast Ponga Oof. Mate, uh, you, credit, credit to the two of you, you, you guys, because I was really sort of firm that it wouldn't matter that um, for Ponga that Pierce and uh, um, Blake Green were there. Gee whiz, like you just, the ball goes out towards Ponga, just smash him. Like as long as you take out Ponga, they, they had absolutely nothing. I mean, Clune at had moments, but... As I've written down here, he had moments at St. George and, and I, I don't think he's going to go to the next level. I don't think you can pick a Ponga for fantasy. He, at best, he's going to score the same points and, and most likely copying hits like that week to week, he's going to get injured. It's um, the only, I think he's basically, he's basically unpickable at this point. And and you know what? They, they only, the best try that the uh, Knights scored was where the uh, outside winger, Ockenbaugh, of the um, band, from, band from school visits uh, lineage, uh, rushed in to try and smash Ponga, and so they rainbow-balled over his head. Yeah, so, so hey, how Ponga is going to work is you threaten to throw to Ponga, but don't throw to Ponga. Exactly. So there's no points even if he's not getting smashed. So um, I, I, at this point, you know, we were sort of having the Heinz-Ponga uh, Pappenhausen debate. I think Pong is now at the bottom of the, the pecking order, right? Hmm, 100%. And again, guys, we'll, we'll run through this next week as well and then for Teamless Tuesday. But you're 100% right there. 
Uh, Mitch, just before I forget, and for the people at home, have we got a timestamp? No. <laughs> Sorry, every week, guys, we all talk between ourselves about who's going to take timestamps about where we're up to but uh, and to help us keep on track for time. So, look, we're 27 minutes in on this one, Mitch. Just hit 28 minutes. So, A, we're going to crack on real quick so that we're not keeping everyone around, but B, we'll put a timestamp on that one, Mitch. Yeah, cracking, guys. Okay, yep. so, look, I'm going to quickly run through the team list and then we're going to get into the Storm and the Panthers because there's heaps of freaking guys to talk about. So, I'm just going to rattle this out. Let me know if you hear anything so look trial team lists are out real quick for next this week look roosters they're still playing second string guys a lot of guys aren't still in their team at all like tedesco still not there um Crichton's still not there billy smith isn't there though apparently he's playing in a non-contact jersey sorry mitch um and a few others as well so they're just avoids for the moment uh I guess we, we just won't see them until round one. Tigers looks close to full strength. Uh, a couple of people coming in off the bench like Peachy. Tuolagi is worth an emergency spot on your team if he picks up that 12 position. So that if he beats Luke Garner, who's not playing at all this week, um, then I would seriously give uh, Tuolagi a good look. It was where Sean Bloor was going to go. Uh, Warriors, uh, looks like the full team minus their suspended players. Uh, Katoa, he did look good, but I kind of feel like he's a trap because we do have Tohu Harris coming back and they keep on talking about Aitken as a former centres player. So, which means that is likely that Aitken keeps his spot and Katoa, you know, goes off to Valhalla on the bench. Uh, Titans, they look at full strength. Bo Firma is on an edge. So apologies, Nick, who have we got to apologise to? from a few weeks back when we kind of poo-pooed Bo Firmal. I don't I, I don't remember, but we got a DM about Bo Firmal, about whether we'd consider him and... Um, yeah, I think it was Matt. What, what, Matt. Yeah, so what's the ghost, Stu? Oh, look, Bo Firmal, basically, um, Proctor's been put on the... He's, he's not got the captaincy anymore since Bikegate. And he... Yeah, he's on the edge now. So, uh, uh, like, so he's on the bench, right? And Bo Fermor is starting out uh, on an edge. The only issue is that if Proctor is still there, all, all uh, he has to do is uh, take 20 minutes off Bo Fermor and it could be ugly. But look, he's starting. We apologize if we were wrong. Uh, Eels, uh, look, Sean Russell is, is starting in the place of the injured Hayes Dunster. Uh, the stats don't look great on him, guys, like just from Reggie's, so I'm not sure. Uh Madison is starting at uh, 13 due to Nathan Brown not being there. So, But it looks like Maddo might be the odd man out for their edges this year, guys, which kind of puts everyone on notice, all their edges. I'm not sure that any of them are buyers at the moment if you got Maddo waiting there. Uh, Rabbitohs, they look full strength at least to begin with. I want to watch Paulo this week, and I want to watch Jai Arrow, who I've become very high on for that edge because he's got an edge role with only host for competition, really. So, kind of keen. I want to see how many, like how he goes. Uh, Cowboys, Nanai looks to have a start, but watch out for the shuffle when uh, Tamalolo comes back. He's out this week with a hammy. Hammer is definitely the fullback. Uh, Gilbert is on the bench. He was a DP pair a few people were interested in, but Ancotta is 13. So, that's a good one, guys. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any. There was one other. Oh, yes. Drinkwater is out of the 17. Goodbye, Ooh. Stinkwater. 
that's it. And look, I guess to be fair, if um, I guess it's it's been on the wall for a while, right? You can't have three halves and a two half team. So yeah. Uh, did the previous um, administration sign him before Todd Payton got there? They did, and they put him on decent money too. So that's got to hurt. Imagine having, like, before Todd Payton gets here, he's got Tal Malolo on a million a year. He's got Val Holmes on eight fifty, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then, and then he's got Drinkwater on probably what I would consider probably four fifty five hundred without looking it up, right? Yeah, that's yeah. a rough friggin' salary cap. That hurts your twenty. That's more than twenty percent of your cap. Right that's there. it and on players which obviously he does not f- have full confidence in because he's not playing them and look Knights now look at this one Barnett is off the bench Fitzgibbon is starting in what looks to be like a very full strength team Man is definitely 13 so I'm very keen on him boys if he gets that DPP and if he doesn't he's friggin' out of my team um, but I want to watch that mm-hmm. rotation with Phoenix Crossland because I just man, make- he looks solider in the first trial just to cut in, but I'm not sure what his value is going to be. So I think this week, guys, keep a really close eye on Kurt Man um, and oh. see if he if it translates to fantasy a bit more. Hundred percent, no, definitely. I think last week was just to give him a run, but from also my good mate Barry Tui, who I do not know at all, but who I Twitter I read and who is very nice LinkedIn, says that Kurt Man will play long minutes at thirteen. And it's just points when you play long minutes at 13. Do you stroke a photo of Barry Tui when you go to bed every night? (laughs) (laughs) No more questions. (laughs) So, look, uh, actually, we do have some more questions. So, questions from the people. So, look, uh, we got one. uh, Nick, you had a question, mate. Oh, did I? Uh, Well, just about the news. website. Yeah, Rugby League Fantasy Pro. Um, Really good. It's... um, you know, it, I think it synergizes well with uh, footy statistics, but um, it's got heaps of features, guys. Like, um, it adjusts the average to the new scoring, which is very handy rather than having to manually do all the calculations for the kick meter nerf, the tackle bust nerf, and the offload changes. So, um, and it also has the stats, guys, about offloads to hands and offloads to the ground, which is um, very crucial for that particular um, stat. Um, when you're looking at, you know, your TPJs, your Welches, all those sort of offload kings, um, a lot of them actually go to the hand, which is um, a bit surprising. So you can sort of multiply them by four rather than two. Um, other than that, uh, it's also got the spine uh, kick meter analytics. So you can see how, say, tonight we'll go through Cameron Munster and Jerome Hughes on how they sort of split their kick meters. Um you know, amongst the, the different spine combinations. So, no, I, I absolutely rate it. I've spent a lot of time on it this week in particular um, for prep for this pod. So, yeah, can't rave about it any more than that, I'd say. Uh, fair enough. And what's that name again for the people at home who want to look for it? So, it's rugbyleaguefantasypro.com. Yeah, fair enough. And just so you know, guys, we're not advertising for them. We just think it's a genuinely good resource. I am the only sponsor of this podcast. So <laughs> I'll give myself a shout out every week, but I'm it. Okay. So a- anything that we promote on this page uh, is uh, is entirely due to me and any slander is entirely due to Nick or Mitch. So people <laughs> all right. And look, we got one more. Got a question in the DM uh, from uh, one of our listeners who's talking about 
you know, we're talking about the bigger wingers and especially talking about Parramatta not having Sevo and Ferguson bringing the ball back. He was wondering about the reintroduction of penalties instead of six against in your own half. So now, mm. so now there'll be less uh, structured lines in the backfield possibly. Will these smaller wingers get back into the game a little bit more because they don't need to be big running at uh, fixed defences for the first two hit-ups? Because they, you te- um, teams won't be lying down in the ruck, I guess, giving away. Yeah, but to win those penalties, don't you want a big boy taking the ball first or second carry yeah. to try and win that ruck and get the penalty, so to speak? Or do you think that's more a tackle three or four by the time you sort of get an edge or a middle doing the carry? Yeah, I, th- I think I think what he was saying is that teams will be less likely to lay all over the, um, you know, the kick, uh, you know, tackle one or tackle two because they don't want to give away the penalty. So the lines right. will be a bit less structured this year. I guess, do we think that'll happen? And do you think some of those smaller wingers will see a resurgence? I think he could be correct on that, but I'm not sure if it'll translate to fantasy statistics because what made players like Brian Toto so effective is he'd run it back and he'd bust tackles or bust the line like these smaller forwards might run a wee bit more but it's just not I just can't see that translating to fantasy points so I think he makes a really good point Toto ducks under the tackle like he gets low and gets under the shoulder and like the armpit of players so he just you know slips through slips under a lot of tackles I I can't really think of too many small wingers that would really benefit other than, say, like your Corey Thompson potentially. I don't know. Mm. Any other ideas? I, I just don't see it from a fantasy perspective, but I think it's a great point from the game that that'll probably be what happens. I just don't think it'll translate into fantasy points. Yeah. Oh, look, and I think if it does, it'll just be those traditional guys getting a little bit higher. So, And the guys, yes, Corey Thompson and uh, David Nofaluma are the two that come to mind. Oh, no far. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay, well, that, that, that does make it slightly more relevant, but yeah, um, it's, it's a good point for the game. It, I, I, you know, it, it nullifies my point about the Eels possibly struggling without um, Cocaine Blake and Mike Siva. so... <laughs> Uh, maybe maybe they will finish fourth. Maybe I'm going to be buying a lot of people's lunches. I don't know. Well, uh, <laughs> hit us up on the DMs if you want to take Mitch's lunch money from him. Uh, the, the bet is generally just a, a pretty regular sandwich, nothing with gold leaf. So anyway, look, guys, thanks for your thanks for your questions. I also answered a few just straight up in the DMs rather than coming to the pod. Um, guy, and I'll, we'll put something up uh, looking at people's team lists come team list Tuesday. So, guys, let's get into our final two teams last of uh, our preseason preview. So, we have the Storm and the Panthers. So, let's kick off with the Storm. And they have had a good year this year. Uh, Mitch, have you actually started taking timestamps yet? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So, I'm joking, man. Anyway, I wasn't really. Uh, so, yeah. but look, they've had some great... <laughs> team additions so they picked up Xavier Coates who we've already talked about uh, Josh King Nick <laughs> Nick Meany uh, who's actually a pretty damn good player Jaden Nicarima Jaden Nicarima and William Warbrick so guys and they lost they lost a ton of players last year they let a ton of people go Josh Adokar Max King Dale Finucane Nico Hines Aaron Penney Franco Lee, Aaron Booth, Riley Jacks, Isaac Lumilumi, uh, Daniel Atkinson, uh, Judo Tuari, and Tyson Smoothie of the 
one time that I think that he played because everyone else was injured or dead. So, guys, thoughts on those gains and losses for the Storm? They've lost some good players. They've lost some key players. But you look at uh, Josh Gattacar versus Xavier Coates. Well, I actually think Coates could be an upgrade. And interestingly, like, okay, the last two decades, how many players have the Storm pursued like they did Xavier Coates? I actually can't think of a single one. They must be as high as a kite on Xavier Bale Coates. Bale Okay, yep. Granted, Dale Finucane is one, but I would say Xavier Coates, they pursued harder and they'll get a better result out of him. Like yeah, They tried to get him early. That's, that's what I mean. Like, um, uh, I, I think, you know, Nico Hines, okay, sure, he was a good good filler. It's a bit like that Matt Burton situation uh, at Penrith that if things start to go awry in uh, Melbourne, then then his loss might not be great. I think Dale Finucane is a big loss, Uh to Nick's point, um, pretty well everyone else is, you know, they can get away with it. Um, I think Nick yeah. is a very good buy because he replaces that Nico Hines. He can sort of, he kicks goals. He can play at one. He can play on the wing. He can even play a bit of half. He's kind of got a bit of utility and quality. And Nick what- Meany's been stuck on trash teams his whole NRL career, guys. So, <laughs> you know, no, this, seriously, wasn't he a, a Knights player when they were, like, absolutely down the toilet? And now um, he then he went to the Bulldogs, I think, and now he's with the Storm. So, you know, you've gone from sort of the, you know, doghouse to the penthouse, I think. That's it. Uh, yeah, he pl- started playing for uh, Knights NYC and... Then, yeah, he moved across to Canterbury 2019. So, yeah, look, he's only 24, though. He, he's he got a bit bit to him, I reckon, Nico Hines. But, yeah, look, I think I think that it's one of those ones where they've done pretty good. I reckon Xavier, Xavier Coates is pretty elite as far as wingers go physically, and I think if they put a little bit of polish on him, he'll be an absolute stud. Yeah, yeah. The, re- the reality is their starting side hasn't really changed. Yeah, it's just some depth which they've lost. Yeah, uh, yeah, hundred percent. And just, uh, I guess next year we'll see that big change come through for them with all those players player signings for the Dolphins. Uh, look, uh, what else? We got some injuries, Mitch. Yep, let's let's get to it. Sorry, I'm just updating the timestamp here and done. Um, so not too many injuries. I'm actually going to double up here. So both Tom Eisenhuth and Jordan Grant. Uh, calf injuries. There wasn't a huge amount of information out there, but given that it didn't appear that they sustained it during the season, it's pretty obvious that it's likely a pre-season or off-season sort of issue. My sense is, based on the fact that they're returning round one, it's likely a grade one style injury. Um, Typically for an NRL player, it's either a two to three week return to play. Uh, given that they're slated for that round one return from a fantasy implication, I'd have minimal concern on return to play and performance. So if you're looking at Jordan Grant or Tom Eisenhuth, um, I think you'd be fairly safe to start them. The big one that's worth talking about was Ryan Pappenhausen. So fantasy community was a little bit concerned seeing him in a moon boot sort of over the last month. Uh, currently, what we know is that it was a lateral ankle sprain. It is a bit unusual that... They're currently downplaying it, and yet he was in a moon boot. Generally, we reserve the moon boot for the more serious stuff, so our breaks, our Liz Franks, um, 
occasionally in a syndesmosis sort of situation, at least post-surgery, you'll put him in a, in a boot. The fact he was in a boot makes me think it was at least a grade two. There is the possibility that um, they were either using it to allow him to cycle or row on the sidelines without being hampered by pain through there. Um or possibly just trying to brace it as much as possible to let it heal. But again, we don't like putting people in boots. It generally weakens and atrophies a lot of the tissue around there and can actually increase time of recovery. So assuming it's a grade two, it's about a four to six week um, recovery. So that would have him returning round one, which is currently where they've got him. Um, I would suspect he will have that strapped for at least the next six weeks after that. And occasionally that heavy strapping can affect your top speed and lateral movement. From a fantasy standpoint for the ankle, I wouldn't expect too much of an issue at the start of the season. He may have a mild loss in top speed. So, you know, on those bigger line breaks, perhaps he doesn't finish the job, but Ryan's pretty quick. I can't see that being too much of an issue. It's got a quite a low injury risk. So for the ankle sprain that we saw, wouldn't be overly concerned unless they're downplaying something else. But you know, you wouldn't announce a lateral ankle sprain if, if it wasn't. It's pretty un, unlikely. There are games that they play in the medical world like taping the opposite shoulder when uh, the, the one's injured, but I don't think that's occurring here. The big concern for Ryan is the ongoing concussion, and that's sort of something that I've spoken about when I was having my Ponga versus Pappenhausen sort of debate, but after watching the Knights, I think I've effectively lost that. It just is an ongoing thing, guys. I mean, you can certainly roll the dice at the casino. I don't think you're going to lose your shirt on Ryan as far as, you know, if he does go down with a concussion, you can just trade him out. But I would say going into this season, if Ryan Pappenhausen does go down with a concussion, I think it'll be very similar to last year or like with Ryan Madison uh, last year and the year before that, it will be a four, six, or even eight-week sort of process. So if you're looking at picking him, certainly from the ankle point of view, all good to go. There is definitely a high risk of concussion. And in rugby league, we are going to have concussions. I don't care if they're trying to take out the head high hit. It's high-speed, high-impact sort of sport. They just need to settle down on that. Um, just be prepared that if he gets it, it's a quick trade-up. Yeah, fair enough. That's Thanks for that, Mitch. Um yeah, I guess for myself, it's it's good to know about that one. And yeah, I guess just be aware of, of that uh, that worry with Pappenhausen. All right, so let's look at the strength of schedule. Nick, take us away. Well, guys, the Storm have the third hardest overall schedule, guys, with the oh, yeah. buy in round 13. They actually have the best run to round 13, which is uh, pre-origin. And... Um, but they have the second hardest origin run. So they have a tough stretch over around 14 to 17 through the origin period where they usually lose some troops. So the Roosters away round 14, that's a tough game. Broncos home round 15, not so tough. But then you have the Seagulls away round 16 and the Sharks away round 17. Um, you then have another, they then have the second hardest run home post origin and they have a tough stretch again round 22 to round 25. So the Panthers away round 22, Broncos away round 23, Roosters home round 24, and the Eels away round 25. So um, they have a nice, clean run um, to round 13. But from there, guys, it gets pretty hectic. In terms of teams they have twice, this is this is what's given me alarm bells for the Storm this year. They've got the Panthers, Rabbitohs, Roosters, Seagulls, Raiders, <laughs> Sharks. In terms of the oh, really oh, teams... 
Uh, well, we're, we're, we're so-so on the Eels. I think we like those other teams much more. And then in terms of the lower-ish teams, you've got the Eels, Broncos, and Warriors. So there's no Dragons twice. There's no Tigers twice. Um, you know, so it could be a long, long, long year um, compared to other years, I'm going to say, for the Storm. Uh, particularly over the origin period, they'll lose their stars. They may not pick up those wins that they usually pick up around that period. Um, they've lost a bit of depth. So, you know, looking at the strength of schedule, I've, I am a bit worried for the storm compared to previous years. And I was worried about them last year, but I, I was proven completely wrong and I lost a sandwich over it. So, anyway. Um. <laughs> just, just just for the listeners, uh, last year I genuinely did steal a sandwich from Nick. He bet a sandwich that they would not finish in the top eight. He was given 10 to 1 odds, but he oh. bet a sandwich that Melbourne four would to not one. finish four in the to top one. eight. Was it 4 to 1? Okay, well, I'm, I'm a prick because that, that, is, that is highway robbery. Yeah, mate. Or was it 10 to 1? Maybe I it was think... 10 to 1. I'll look through the group chat later. All I'll right. put it with the timestamps. <laughs> so, look, yeah, I guess we're not really predicting them to not make the eight this year, even though they got a pretty gross run. Uh, but, guys, this is it's good news and not good news for cash cows. Now, look, they get the buy round 13. We don't love that, as in a, but I guess if everyone had buy round 17, you wouldn't have a team. But that easy early run means is that if you find these cash cows at home, ladies and gentlemen, who we will talk about in just a minute, it means is that you can hop on them and the attacking stats should be pretty damn high. So it means is that you feel a bit more confident in hopping on early and just riding them until it's time to switch them out. So that's that that terrible overall year just means is that you start early and then be careful uh, putting guys in your final team. So I'm smelling a Ryan Pappenhausen surge that may swing a, an easy trade to Cleary or Turbo potentially in the season, boys. Oh, Ooh. shit. There you go. Okay, that's that's worth a thought. Well, look, let's let's have a look at this. Speaking of Ryan Pappenhausen, let's have a look at that starting 17. So, guys, I have, and obviously it's a bit easier this time of year because I'm not looking eight weeks out like I was in the first couple of episodes. Uh, so, look, at fullback, Ryan Pappenhausen. On the wings, George Jennings and Xavier Coates. I've got Remus Smith and Justin Olam in the centres. Uh, round one, I have Cooper Johns and Jerome Hughes because Cameron Munster is suspended. Uh, at prop, I have Jesse Bromwich and Christian Welsh. At nine, I've currently got Jaden Nicarima because Harry Grant is suspended for a crusher tackle. Uh, at... Uh, on the edges, I've got Elise Kafusi and Tom Eisenhuth. Uh, and I've got Kenny Bromwich at uh, lock. Again, this is because of the uh, white powder off-season saga. So Brandon Smith is also suspended round one. At 14, I've got Nick Meaney. 15, Josh King, the man who's apparently training the house down there. At 16, I have Mr. No Vaccine, Nelson Asafa Solomona. He got he got jabbed, didn't he? No, he got the exemption, mate. Oh. At seven, 17, I got Tepe Moroa. Or at least I believe he didn't get it. But anyway, 17, Tepe Moroa. And look, other players, as I said in there, guys, look, Cam Munster suspended round one. Brandon Smith uh, suspended round one and two, I believe. Harry Grant suspended round one only. Uh, Tui Kamakamika is suspended indefinitely for off-field indiscretions. Uh, 
Uh, and look, outside of those, they've got a whole bunch of other guys. Uh, Tyron Wishart, you could maybe pick up uh, a bench spot at some point. And Jack Howarth, who's a guy that they pursued, and they're now paying $500,000 a year for for five years for a guy who's never played the NRL. So... Sheesh! That's exactly right. How many people? Matt Burton's on four fifty this year, guys, and you got Jack oh Howarth playing Reggie's <laughs> or sitting in safety. That's an, oh, best contract in the league, Matty Burton. Oh, mate, I tell you now, I reckon Phil Good will be doing everything else in his power to keep him sweet, right? <laughs> yeah, he'll have to upgrade him next year. I'd, I'd say just oh. flat out upgrade him. 100% or at least make sure he's staying, you know, at the ridges instead of uh, the F1 motel over at Chalora. So <laughs> anyway, look, uh, guys, uh, what do we think of that starting 17? Um, I, I still think they're capable of winning the flag. Uh, the, the party is still together. They've got the right pieces. If they can stay healthy this year, the depth is not quite what it was. Um, but there's enough serious talent there, and um, you've got Craig Bellamy coaching. So I I think, you know, probably much the same from Melbourne Storm this year. Oh, yeah. You'd be brave to bet anything else. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Nick? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like it. A um, bit worried about the discipline issues. Uh, they're also breaking up the band with the Dolphins, uh, scourging some of the experience. But the reality is, is those guys are getting on. So whilst you lose the experience, um, you know, they're not necessarily in their prime. And they kept the spine together, uh, which is probably the most important thing. And that's been the recipe for success with Melbourne over the last, you know, uh, 20 years pretty much. So um, And clever accounting. That's <laughs> yeah. oh, the good old paper bag does solve many ills. Ask Nick Politis. I say nothing against Nick Politis because nothing has ever been proved against him. So uh, good, good luck to you, Uncle Nick. Uh, <laughs> anyway, obviously he's very effective at what he does at the Roosters, Nick Politis. Anyway, moving on, uh, Jerome Hughes. A bit, little bit of news about him. Apparently, has either wants a six-year, eight hundred thirty thousand dollar a year deal, which will take him Whoa. to the age of thirty-three. So that's fair. And if not, he basically is saying that he'll put himself on the market. He has refused to take up a uh, player option to extend his contract. That's this yeah. year. No, that's that, market value. That's uh, I think he's he's not taken up for twenty-four. And I think he may want his way out of 23 if he doesn't get it, his extension. It's smart because, you know, and Nick just referred to it culturally. It's the first time in 20 years I've been worried about the Melbourne culture. But I I wouldn't be shocked if Bellamy forced Cam Munster out of town. I think Jerome Hughes has a leg to stand on when he demands that sort of capital because without Munster, they, they, they have to hang on to Hughes. So it, it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. Oh, and and they look like they're making a play to try and keep Munster off the market too. So they might be either paying through the nose for both of them or uh, letting... Paying for their out. nose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I left that one out there apparently. All right. So you know what? I, I don't think Cam Munster can keep a list of people who have uh, 
libeled him because most of it's true. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, look, let's have a look into the fantasy relevant players. Let's kick off with Jerome Hughes, the $830,000 prospective man. Jeez, I'm glad that they didn't make the $6 million man, the $830,000 man. That would have taken a while to go through. Anyway, <laughs> take us away with all righto, guys. Uh, Jerome Hughes is 734K and not 830, 734. So his break even is 59 in 2021. He averaged 61.6 in 22 games. He's a half. Um, he only played 80 minutes in 14 games. So I'm assuming that they tailed up a whole bunch of teams and he just got a, an early mark. Um, so when you adjust for kick meters and tackle bust and all that, yeah, it was 55.3 average. So he kicked around 250 metres, guys. So he loses sort of four points for that and 2.2 tackle bust. So that's why he goes from 61.6 back down to 55.3. So he's got good base stats. So he makes around 20 tackles per game and 100 run metres. As I said, he kicks about 250 kick metres a game, which is very solid. So he takes about half of them uh, with Munster each game. Um, he gets some nice attacking stats, line breaks, uh, tries, and all that. Um, he doesn't. He only misses a couple of tackles a game as well, which is good. Um, I don't see any reason why his attacking stats won't continue um, based upon their easy run early. Um, but as I mentioned before, I do worry about going back uh, the back end of the season. Um, he, uh, in terms of his point scoring, guys, last year, and you'll hear this a lot tonight because the Storm. And the Panthers later on, they all appear in this uh, category. The net points responsible for, as per the Rugby League eye test, which I've plugged a few times, who um, go check them out, rugbyleagueeyetest.com. Um, Jerome Hughes was seventh in the league in net points responsible for for 6.55 per game. So that includes like tries, try assists, um, all that sort of stuff. So he's seventh Long in the league in terms stuff of. like that. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So he's seventh in the league for net points responsible. So he's an absolutely crucial cog to their attack. And he doesn't play Origin, guys. So um, any thoughts, Stu? What have you got him as? Look, I've got him as a spicy pick because if Cleary is not healthy round one, right, and you, they've got that silky early run, he is a guy who towels up. His points last year came from when they ripped up crap teams, right? And he, he's not afraid of a try. He picked up, like, he only picked up one double, but he picked up, like, I'm looking here, there's, like, eight or nine games where he's picked up a try and line breaks and line break assists. He's quite quick, and he's and he's got a good, plays good heads-up footy. So if, if Cleary is not fit round one and you just want to park your money somewhere to be safe, Jerome Hughes is not a bad fit. He looks Mitch, good. You, you you tempted on Jerome at all? It's something that I've been grappling with because in this fantasy year, we're really being forced to get uh, a lot of three and four hundred k players, and I know that I could potentially lose my shirt on not taking Cleary round one uh, if he is fit. But I am looking at ways to potentially do what you attempted to do last year, which is build up the cash. And Jerome is certainly in my thinking. So. Uh, much like Stu said, I, I think he's spicy because there's no reason that the Melbourne Storm won't continue to play well. They've got enough pieces to do it. And I thought he went to the next level last year. I, I missed out on Jerome, and I really think if you missed out, you didn't hit those top echelons of fantasy rankings. But there's no reason no, he can't be a 60-plus point in average game. Oh, so, sorry, Mitch. Uh, I, I did all right, but you, I did want Jerome Hughes a lot of the early points of the year. I was quite sad that I didn't have him in my team. 
Yeah, he, he's one of those players, guys. He's gone better every single year. So, you know, he works hard on this game and he obviously watches a lot of film. He's incredibly fit. I think he is sort of poor man's clearing that he doesn't get the same kick meters. And um, But, you know, this Storm, they were most a potent attack, I think, last year. So, um, yeah, I've got him as a... Yeah, I've got them as uh, fairly spicy once you add in Pappy being back the whole year as well. Um, I think Jerome Hughes is going to go even better. We, we, assuming Ryan Pappenhausen's health is there. And um, yeah, so we've got them as spicy boys. Yep. Yep. And uh, look, j- just to put his year in perspective last year, he started last year as about 660K and he capped out at 856. And that was round 16. So right before the buy, which is exactly when you'd want it, right? And then you, you could have picked up anyone at that point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it'll be hard to fit in from a roster, roster construction point of view, guys. If you don't want to go Cleary, um, he is an option, particularly because they've got that soft run. Okay, guys, moving on to Cameron Munster, 716K. So surprisingly cheaper than Hughes because Munster's sort of the bigger name. So his break-even is 58 and his 2021 average was 60.9 in 18 games and he's in half. Uh, how worried were we about his foot, Mitch? Because um, you, you didn't tell me, or did you tell me last year not to touch him um, just based upon uh, that foot injury he had? I did. Uh, as, as I sort of have said in the past, Liz Franks are difficult to get over, particularly when you're coming back from the mid-season. I thought Cam wasn't quite the same player, particularly with his ability to take the line on and either have tri-sits or, or line breaks himself. He's had a year to get over it. He didn't seem outrageously hampered by it in the back end of last year, though I do think it gave him a bit of curry. My sense is that this year he will be um, pretty well recovered from that. So last year wasn't too happy about taking him or grabbing him towards the end, although I did out of desperation to try and overcome Stu. Um, this year should be prime. No worries. Oh, he's excellent. Off, well, that's good tonight. drinking as well. So oh. That might be his... Uh... That might be he came into bad. last season. He got fat chained, I think, by uh, Bellyache. Interesting. Okay. No, you don't remember that. Okay. Yeah, he he got he got smashed for it early in the season because he um I think, you know, is that sort of time of the year where where COVID was a bit more relaxed and you know, uh, I think he went to a few festivals and stuff. Anyway, his um his adjusted average uh, when you take it to account the kick meters and tackle bus was fifty five point three. And um, I just want to confirm something. So Ryan from NRL Fantasy Managers, he um, I listened to their pod, and they he was sort of saying that Munster performs better against better opposition, and I can confirm that. So um, against the top four teams over the last couple of years, his average is 59.3, but against the bottom four teams, his average is 46.4. So he's definitely a big game player. So when you sort of play that into them having a harder schedule this year, I'm sort of thinking that he might, you, you might just get a 1% to 5% improvement potentially. So nothing huge, but um, I'm not going to say he's going to average 59.3. But, you know, at a break even of 58, perhaps that's part of their calculations for his price. Um, his his stats are actually quite similar to Hughes. So his base stats of about 20 tackles and he runs a little bit more. So he runs 113 metres per game. He has a little bit less kick metres though. So 215 and he only takes about 40% of them with Hughes. Uh, versus 50% for Hughes. And he gets a couple more attacking stats per game. His only issue is he misses 3.4 uh, tackles per game. So I think that's just who he is. He does, he misses tackles and, you know, 
that's just what happens during your half and all that sort of stuff. Um, I also think his attacking stats for Pierce is quite sustainable as well. So he was 13th in the league for net points responsible for. Um, and he kicked a couple of goals. So, I'm mean, sorry, 0.8 goals. So he'll lose a 1.6 average increase. So, you know, in the best case scenario, he's going to average 59.3 and he less 1.6 for his goal kicking average. So, you know, um, and he plays Origin. I, I don't know why you would consider Cameron Munster necessarily over Jerome Hughes from round one guy. So, I mean, he's definitely someone you can pick up sort of back end of the year when they verse the hard teams because he plays better against the hard teams. But so for now, I've got him as Chuck a star, Mitch. I, I don't think I can bust him, but something I will say, and I think everything you said is bang on the mark, so there's nothing I can add to that. But because we would look to pick him at the end of the year, Melbourne are notorious resters. And I lost a game. I, I got booted out of Great a head, head pump. Uh, because of that. And that's why I'd be reluctant to pick up Melbourne Storm players for the back end. I know that uh, they have a harder schedule and that, that to me is largely a point. But for Cameron Munster, that seems to be a benefit. That said, if he's not playing in his semi-final or final, if you're a head-to-head player, um, that to me is a bit of a problem. So at best, he's a trucker star on it for me. Maybe Jerome Hughes gets injured and then I, I, I would be tempted to put him in at that point. Oh, absolutely, Stu. Yeah, look, for me, he's definitely a chucker star. And, you know, if he comes off early or whatever else, uh, I'd be waiting for him to, like, hit that significant price decrease and then, you know, and for that to stabilise because, you know, sometimes it happens and you just you get him for cheap, kind of like getting Teddy below 600 last year. So we don't see him tearing up the league uh, for the, uh, through this e- easy stretch where... He historically hasn't performed as well against worse teams. I think if we're going to see someone tear it up, it'll be Jerome Hughes. Yeah. Sweet as guys. So so we'll leave a star on uh, Cameron Munster and see if we can pick him up later in the year, potentially. Um, We'll get on to Ryan Pappenhausen, guys. 636K. um, Break even 51. He averaged 50.9 in 2021 in 13 games as a wing fullback. So... Uh, Mitch has already gone through uh, the concussion risk. He's only 23, guys. So he had lingering symptoms after the Fui Maono absolutely wrecked him round 10. I think that may be magic round. And, you know, I think they'll see you later to um, the Dragons that day. Anyway, uh, he was third in the league in points per game. So he was, kick- he was scoring 10.5 points per game just by himself, guys. He was 11th in the league in net points responsible for. So... You know, that's a third guy ready for the storm. That's sort of top 20 for those Nets points responsible. Um, and there's more later on. Anyway, in the in, when he played the full 80 minutes, guys, his adjusted average was 68.4. His break even is 51, but when he played the full 80 minutes, he was his adjusted average. So this is when you take out the tackle breaks and everything like that was 68.4. So 1.43 tries per game, 0.7 try assists, 1.3 line breaks a game, 1.1 line break assists, 3.7 goals, about six tackle busts, 200 running meters, pretty much an offload and a couple of errors. So out of all that, you've got pretty much a 34 split of base and 38.1% attacking stats. So what I, did, what I did with Turbo last week, guys, I looked at what's a 20% reduction in your attacking stat. So let's just say he doesn't, you know, go ballistic as he did last year and his attacking stats are around 30. That means you're sort of looking and projecting around low 60s and that would be, you know, 
a fairly reasonable projection, I'd say. So he's at least making, you know, 12 or 13 break even, which means he could make you 150K, I'm sort of thinking. So, yeah, it's a bit of a crapshoot with the uh, concussion, but the way I'm seeing it, guys, I've got him in my round one team and I'm considering him being my captain depending upon what happens on Cleary um, as I think he'll tear up these uh, crappy sides, Stu. Look, he's in my team. I reckon there's boom potential in him. I think you just you have to know that concussion stuff. So thank you, Mitch. Like you need to be aware. But in every year, there will be certain gambles that you take in your side because the upside is pretty obvious. And for Paps last year, he would have been an 800k fullback, except for the fact that he had those injuries, and then he came off the bench a number of weeks, uh, basically to to get back into form and find his find his mojo before the finals. So that's the only reason why he's affordable, and because of that, I jump on board, especially knowing those first 13 games with that super easy run. Like what what are you risking? A trade. That's pretty much it, guys. Uh, Mitch? Yeah, it's one of those things, and I mean, we'll get to it when we talk about our team-building theories, but probably as a physio, I always get a bit spooked by anyone I think can't get injured or is going to get injured because I like to bank my trades. But I think Stu hit the nail on the head. It's something I have to watch a pong, and now I'm resigned to the fact I'm going to have to break my rule that Ryan Pappenhausen has obvious upside. It's irrefutable. The main thing is he plays on one of the best teams uh, in the league and on a team that is going to feed him and play to his absolute strength. So there's 150K worth of coin uh, potentially. Get on him the first 13 rounds, trade him out to someone who's a bit lower risk when you get the chance. Or if he gets the concussion, as I said before, just jump off, get out of there straight away. Don't waste any time. Uh, and you won't lose your shirt. And as a result of that, I think I think he has to be a boom pick. I think with the other options about the uncertainty of how effective Hines is going to be, and certainly how I think Ponga is likely going to struggle based off what I saw on Saturday on uh, Monday, um, you got to take him. That's it. Boom, baby. Hundred percent. And look, a guy who can crack a century twice in a season at fullback, like you've always got to have a good look at, right? Because he got one. Uh, Round four, 124 versus the Broncos. Obviously, tune them up, and he's good against the poor sides. And round 25 versus the Sharks as well, three tries, 103. So, yeah, uh, very. He, look, his average for the year is propped up by those two big scores. But mate, if you got him, you'll be laughing, right? Yep, I think we we all have him round one, guys. Certified boom. Um, now. As part of um, the Ryan Pappenhausen strategy, guys, we'll look at Nick Meaney. So he's 424K, break-even of 34. In 2021, he averaged 34 as well. In 22 games as a wing fullback. So um, Stu has him as a utility, uh, so that Nico Hines, um, number 14. So I think he's sort of the backup fullback slash winger. Um, so just to look at those stats, uh, fullback he averaged 35.1 and wing he averaged 26.5. So... Um, his break-even is 34. So if Pamps goes down, unless you say Nick Meany plays off the bench and doesn't make any coin and, in fact, goes backwards, um, if Nick Meany feels in at fullback, you can sort of pencil it in for, I think, a 35 to 40 average and make you some coin just on that trade alone, potentially. But um, I've got no stats for you guys in terms of his um, interchange or middle stats. He's, he's never done it before from the data I could find. 
Um, the only other thing for Nick Meany was is could he take Robert Jennings' wing? Um, he's not going to take um, Xavier Coates' wing. So yeah, um, I'm sort of watching the second trial to see how he's used off the bench, uh, particularly with the first stringers, not um, necessarily towards the back end if they sort of chuck the second string on, but um, keep a close eye on Nick Meany and see if he actually plays um, through the middle at some stage and get a feel for what he, his statistical output might be. Um, Stu, what is, what's sort of your theory on this Nick Meany um, role? I think you hit it the nail on the head for me. There is exactly uh, Nico Hines Mark two. And Nico Hines lost a lot of coin when he plays off the bench. So I'm looking at Nico Hines' scores last year, right? So he didn't play the first couple of games. When he did start playing, he got one full game at fullback against the Panthers. But when he came off that interchange, so rounds four, five, and six, Nico got 11, 11, and 13, right? Just playing a few minutes Ooh. for Paps, a few minutes for Hughes, like those five minutes of Hughes, like a few minutes here, a few minutes there, right? Like it's just real low. So I reckon Nick Meany will drop a lot of coin if Paps is fit, right? And then, yeah, you can definitely pencil him in because also Nick Meany kicks goals. Ryan Pappenhausen kicks goals. So if, Ooh, Paps, goes, if Paps goes down, I would be all over Nick Meany. Uh, I don't think he's quite got the – he doesn't have the ceiling, but he certainly has the floor. And as we saw there, the floor is mid-40s, really, with like bare minimum attacking stats and the base stats. So I'd be all over Nick Meany. So for me, he's chuck a star. Well, absolutely. Mitch, you chuck your star as well? Yep, yep. Nothing to add there, guys. I think you all covered the, the main bases Come on, there. guys. Just just watch Nick Meany, particularly the second trial, and then, you know, if he gets an opportunity due to Paps going down, then that's an easy trade. Uh, heard it here first. Okay, guys, on to the new winger, Xavier Coates, the um, the young Bronco, the young stud from um, from Queensland. What is he from Papua New Guinea or Queensland? Papua New Guinea? Anyone? I've got Not sure. Remember. Okay. Anyway, he's 330K. His break even is 27 in 2021. He averaged 26.1 in 17 games as a wing fullback. So he can go absolutely missing in games, guys. Like looking through his game log, six points versus the Rabbitohs of round five, uh, where he ran for 68 metres, which is just not good enough in the NRL. Um, eight points versus the Roosters in round 11. Six points versus the Storm in round 12. And 10 points versus the Roosters around 22. So he can go all right. So he scored a 61 versus the Bulldogs in round three. So um, as we know, Brisbane was a bit of a... Uh, it wasn't good last season. It's a nice way to put it. Um, and he actually signed on 9th of May with the Storm, so mid-season. So pre-announcement, guys, uh, I did a bit of statistical work, his pre-announcement average was 32.7. So he had 0.9 tries per game and he ran for 130 metres versus post-announcement, his average was 18.6.4 tries per game, so less than half the amount of tries per game. And he only ran for about 80 metres, guys. So, you know, he just wasn't interested. I don't think the team was all that interested in him. Whatever the juju was. He was benched as well, remember? Like they brought in uh, uh, Oates, Corey Oates, and a few other guys yeah. to, to replace yeah. them. They basically just said, mate, you're leaving, rack off. Yep. So I wouldn't worry too much about those post-announcement uh, stats, guys. So if you're looking at 32.7 based upon his break-even of 27, I know there's been a lot of slander 
of Xavier Coates in the NRL Fantasy Forums, but let's just say he assumes Josh had a car's left wing, which he did in the first trial. And um, he scored 11 tries in 2021 and 17 games, so um, which is a pretty decent scoring rate. So just put him in Josh Adokar's wing, where he scored 1.1 tries per game and 127 running meters. So we can see him getting the running meters um, as exact same running meters pretty much as Josh Adokar, but he'll improve his try scoring rate. Um, Josh Adokar, good winger. Um, I wouldn't say he's an excellent finisher, so to speak, in terms of his um, technique and everything like that. We know he's quick, but um, I wouldn't put him as, like, the best finisher in the league. Um, So I really see, you know, a 35-ish average when you take into a 1.1 try scoring rate. And, you know, that's going to make you 100K, guys. So all this slander of Xavier Coates, make you 100K as a potential. I've got him as a boom. At the moment, um, Mitch, is is that a bit too exuberant of me? No, I've got him in my team as well. I uh, I think all those stats are pretty revealing. But I, while you were talking, I was just doing a bit of a, a search because I just wonder if Xavier's the sort of player who needs a bit of a fire lit under his bum. And there are a few coaches in the NRL that are better than better than that than uh, Craig Bellamy. So Josh Adokar, we've got him at 183 centimetres and 93 kilos. So reasonably good at running back that ball, yeah? Xavier Coates is 194 centimetres and 100 kilos. The man should be getting double what he was running back uh, at Brisbane. And I, I suspect that... Uh, Belly Ake will be happy with nothing less. So I think we've got an instant rise in points there. Um, I think, as you said, he took his foot off the accelerator in the back end of last year once he signed with the Storm. And we really don't know what the try scoring ceiling is because he's an even better finisher than Josh Odokar. So if Absolutely. for whatever reason the Melbourne Storm get hot in those first 13 games, which I think they will, outside of Jerome Hughes benefiting, I think Xavier Coates at minimum could have that 35 point game and you know every year we have a winger who sort of explodes for a number of games we sort of had Brett Morris last year with Brian Toto uh, and then previous years um, Mike Acevedo as well and I think he could be that type of player I think he could be the sort of player who have three or four games and crack a century um, he has ridiculous upside yeah look I I must say I've been a bit wishy-washy because, you know, I spent a lot of time sort of on around the traps on the forums and a lot of people have been down on him. But I've just, I've, I've not seen why they're down or I'm not agreeing with people why they're down. But it kind of just does looking take at the, They're looking at the Broncos stuff, right? And how seriously can we take that? That's true. And I guess totally it, just, it kind of builds that little bit of doubt in your mind. Like maybe if everyone is disagreeing with you, then maybe you're on the wrong side of the road, right? So if everyone's honking at you, it's like maybe you're the one who's gone the wrong way. So what's but look looking at that, yes, he he is currently in my build of the team, and at three thirty k, like what's the worst that happens here, guys? Right? Like unless we're really missing out on like some of the super cash cow, it's like you're just wrong with everyone else because he is the seventh pop, most popular NRL fantasy player. So if nothing else, your head you go get him. Four, fifth, sixth, seventh. Yes, he's the seventh most popular at 31%. You put him in your team, and if you're wrong, well, then guess what? At least a third of the re- uh, of the uh, league is wrong with you, and you're no worse off than anyone else. And, guys, just as a um, 
bit of confirmation about this try scoring for him this year. If you look at the um, odds, the top try score, he's num- equal number one, oh, uh, best odds, with uh, Tommy Turbo and Alex Johnston at 13 to 1. So to put that in context, you've got Jason and Saab at 20 to 1 and Ryan Pappenhausen at 21 to 1. So 13 to 1. Um, the bookies obviously Ooh. like him um, crossing the stripe the most <laughs> this year. So, um, yeah, poo-poo to all you guys who are poo-pooing Xavier Coates. That's what I say. Yeah, and by the way, he's from Papua New Guinea as well. He was born there, Port Moresby. So you were right. Oh, nice. Excellent. Who's so, next? Uh, super high on Xavier Coates, guys. Anyway, Harry Grant. Uh, 697k guys break even 56 in 2021 uh, he averaged 55.2 in 13 games he's a hooker and his ppm is 0.93 which we love guys say this every week anything of a 0.8 gets me excited so he was 12th in the league in net points responsible for at 5.23 per game so his adjusted average last year was 53.4 in 59.2 minutes per game so his adjusted ppm last year was 0.9 which is excellent still um, his PPM uh, was definitely a result of going to the Storm. So at the Tigers, his PPM was 0.82. So, you know, he's obviously 10% better just being in the Storm system with a much better attacking side, better everything pretty much. You know, I don't think they have anything worse than the Tigers, um, to, to, be, to be honest. Anyway, in 2021, he had, he had 0.4 tries per game, 0.6 try assists, 0.7 line breakers, uh, 0.6 line break assists. 31 tackles a game, two and a half tackle busts, 2.3 missed tackles, 100 metres gained. I say this to say, he does honestly everything as a hooker. Absolutely everything. So when he had three games starting hooker out of his 13, so the rest he was off the bench. So he averaged 62.3 in 75 minutes. So that was against the Sharks, Titans and Eels, which are fairly good teams, I'd say. 3.7 missed tackles isn't great, but, you know, that's all right when you're playing 75 minutes, I'd say, for a hooker of his stature. Obviously, that can be improved upon. Anyway, so I think we're looking to project him around mid-60 minutes, uh, especially with Cheese on his way out. Um, he plays Origin with his risk. Um, I'm, I can't really have a huge projection because I'm not quite sure of his minutes. As I said, he had 59.2 minutes last year, so whether it's low 60s or high 60s will sort of determine whether he'll make you any coin this year, guys. Is there any chance he'll get 80 minutes, Stu? What's your thoughts? Uh, look, the the thing that says he might get close to 80 is that Brandon Smith will likely play at the 13 role at lock, especially now that he's on his way out of the team, uh, off to the Roosters next year because somehow that works out. Um, and he, so he's off to the Roosters, and which means is that Harry Grant, they'll be building him up. The thing is, look, round one, he, he, uh, he's not playing. It makes it a bit tough. But uh, I think that Brandon Smith over the course of the year will possibly uh, get sidelined just a little bit more once Melbourne has locked up that top four spot, which means that... So you think he's a chance at 80 minutes? I, I think that he's got a chance at like 70 plus, right? I, I don't think he'll play the... F- very few hookers play the full 80 at the moment. But I, I think that he'd likely play 70-plus and get plenty of minutes. Well, if he's playing 70 at a 0.9 ppm, that is 63 average. So if you're looking at um, 80 minutes, then you know, you're know you looking at a 70-point player, which I wouldn't actually project. I'd, I'd still say 
mid 60s i wouldn't say 70 i'd say early to mid 60s or something like that so um what are we thinking guys is he a boom i think he's Mitch? i think he's spicy because so much of it depends on how many minutes the cheese gets i do think the cheese is on the outer just with how he's impacting on the Melbourne culture, I'm, I'm sure that's rubbing Bellyache the wrong way. And I think Stu is right that Harry Grant is going to get more minutes. Two major points of concern, though, is is that. And he did have a crap year with injury last year. I don't think he's going to repeat it, but it's certainly something to raise and to flag. Uh, and then the other headache is um, the, the round one sort of not play. So it, to me, he strikes me as a sort of player that we might be able to trade up into before he really takes off and he sorts of sort of is a, a long-term keeper. Um, so I suppose by that you'd put Chuck a star on him. But if you had him in your starting team and you were willing to wear the first round, I wouldn't criticise you for it. Yeah. Oh, look, for me, it's um, I've got him in my round one team. Uh, I've, I've made room for that and uh, just use him as a... Um, like a, a way to sub in, you know, get the best score out of two players for round one. And just because due to the fact that I see that upside for how he plays, because I'm not sure that we've seen the best of Harry Grant. Like he's really only had a couple of adjusted seasons. He was injured last year. He played for the Tigers the year before. Like I, I'm not sure that we've seen the best that old mate can produce. So, you know, and that being the case, where's the limit on that? If he's at this good, and he was busted last year. How good could he be? He's got it. I think if you get him round one, you just pick and stick and ride it through, don't you, Stu? Hundred percent. For me, he's he's in my team. I I would agree that he's a spicy choice, right? He's not a. I I can't guarantee that he's a boom, right? There's just not enough certainty there. But, you know what? I'm saying boom. Cool. No, he's not boom. I'm voting you down. I I've got him as, <laughs> I've got him as a spicy pick just for me. Uh, just as one of those ones where, but look, I'm on him. I'm chucking a star, so split the difference. There we go. So he's a spicy pick, which I think is is our middle choice there. Uh, the re- reason why I say boom is yeah. much cheaper than Cook, much yes. cheaper than Marnie. Yes. He's a you pick him and you walk away and you're done and you got one of the best hookers in the league all year at a discount. That's true. Because um, you're also running. Am I guessing here, Randall and uh, Corey Pay, right? That's it. Teams. And so you've got enough hooker coverage, and I'm also running Lawson and Cotter, so I'm not going to be sure to hooker this year, even if Grant does get a week off. Aaron that, Clark. That's, you know. that's the reason that he's not in my team, though, because I've got Lawton, Randall, and Pay. I'm going to build up the cash and grab him later. Because I agree with you, Stu, that we haven't seen the best, but I don't think we'll see the best till about mid-season. Fair Is he a captaincy option, though, round one? I mean, sorry, round two when he's back? If, if, if you don't clear him. dead. Yeah. Um. Oh no! Seriously, yes, he will be my vice captain this year. So yeah, in pretty much I, every game, I might pick him up just as a VC. Hey, he's probably much more reliable than the other mids that you know we've looked at this season. Uh, apart from Payne Haas, right? If you're not staying with Payne Haas, then I would I would get Grant. I chuck him in team as vice captain. That way, if Cleary goes down with COVID or something like that, you you're not worried about you know your guy cracking out a twenty. Yeah, totally. Okay, so we've got Harry as a spicy, guys. On to the cheese. 
Brandon Smith at 678k. His break-even is 54. In 2021, he averaged 53.9 in 22 games. So he's a DPP, guys. Hook a mid, and he has a 0.9 PPM. So he's gone to the Chooks, which is a bit ugly with, uh, I think, an interview he did. He doesn't play Origin, though, so that's sort of um, a good uh, characteristic of, of Brandon compared to Harry Grant. I think he looked good in the tries, actually. Uh, I think he's got a try. is a classic. Um, he sort of just gets lows and burrows through. Um, he's just got so much power. He's just ridiculous. Anyway, um, his adjusted average last year was 51.5 in 60 minutes. So at lock, he averaged 51.5. In 58 minutes at lock, which you know was his average for 2021. So um, when he played uh, without Grant, he averaged 58.3 in hooker. So th- so I, this might just take some time to explain, but I tried to work out what does Brandon Smith look at lock at the same time with Harry Grant, right? Hmm. On the on the field at the same time, because there's no point looking at. Um, Smith just at lock and Smith study hooker. So long story short, um, his hooker minutes without Grant was 22 and a half. So that accounts for 20.3. Therefore, his minutes playing lock with Grant at hooker was 55.1 minutes, less than 22 and a half he played at hooker without Grant. So he played 32.6 minutes. So his PPM at lock should be 0.92, which is adjusted. So I mentioned before that Harry Grant's PPM adjust was 0.9. Um, Brandon Smith's lock PPM is 0.92. So he's, he's actually a very elite lock whilst playing with Harry Grant. So same sort of question with uh, Harry Grant is I just said, where is he at with his minutes, guys? It, looking at the rotation, um, it... It's got some mids in it. So you got Nelson Asafa Solomona, you got Josh King, you got Tom Eisenhoof. So you do have some guys there on the bench. Um, I'm just sort of wondering, uh, Stu, how many minutes do you think he's going to get with a 0.92 ppm solely at lock? I've I've got him at around 60 minutes there. So I reckon he'll he'll come on. He'll play. You often see him. He's one of the first guys off because he plays at a very high pitch early. You see that he actually got quite a few early tries last year where they, you know, teams play for the ball coming out the back and he just goes through. He just sees what's in front of him. He blows hard and then he comes back in and has a good run. So I'd see that as like him getting around 60 minutes a game, which at 0.92 puts him around 55 off the top of my head, 55.2. Yep. Yep. So at that point, you know, he's not making you that much money, but you're not losing your shirt with Brandon Smith. So he's a, he's a cut price keeper-ish level um, but for me I would put him as like at that price getting 60 minutes and with Harry Grant the side for me he'd be chuck a star um, on him especially because you never know like he might be due to those cultural issues and due to the fact he's on his way out that may reduce as time goes on so if he gets 60 minutes and we're sort of thinking Harry's going to play 70 minutes so we're thinking 50 minutes at lock, 10 minutes of hooker, or are you thinking 60 minutes of lock and 10 minutes of hooker? Because that would bring him up to 70 minutes, Stu. What are you thinking? I'm thinking 50 minutes at lock and then 10 minutes at hooker at some point. Okay. Okay. That, so we're chucking a star on him? For me, personally, yeah, he's chuck a star because he doesn't play Origin, uh, but they do have that buy round. But he might be that sort of pickup after the buy round, if, especially if he, you know, 
he's not an HIA magnet or anything, but again, you know, if you can get him cheap, get him cheap. He's a quality player. Absolutely. Mitch, you got him the same? Yep, I do. Dustin Jad there. Uh, he's not in my team, but if you have him there, you're not going to lose your shirt. But remember, guys, fantasy early on is all about making cash, and I don't really see too much cash there. Sweet, as so we'll pick him up later in the year, guys. Chuck a star. On to Christian Welsh, guys. The uh, What do they call him? The something rhino. They call him the white rhino or something? No? Okay. 588K. His break-even's 47. 2021, he averaged 45.1 in 19 games. He's a mid. So 0.87 PPM, guys. The PPMs just keep coming. Second in the league and decoy runs at 8.6 per game. So his teammate from last year, Dale Fanukin, was first at 9.9. So I dare say Christian will keep running more decoys in the absence of Dale Fanukin. He's 27 years old, so I keep banging on that statistical primer is around 26. 27 is also a very good age for a uh, middle. So he's fourth in the league in offloads at 2.1 per game. So that includes the two finals games. That's why this might sound weird because 2.11 of his offloads go to hand and 0.21 go to ground. So pretty much 90% of his offloads go to hand which is just phenomenal which means you get the four points per offload pretty much guys so you can pretty much pencil that in he's no other attacking start upside he only scored one try one line breaker and two line breakers this small year he doesn't bust any tackles at 1.1 per game so that's not changing the only uh, upside i could sort of see with christian welsh guys and honest you you've been banging on about him so um his ppm in 2020 was 0.99 so pretty much his base stats were higher uh, in 2020 versus 2021. So, um, but he's playing less minutes. So in 2020, he played 43 minutes versus 52. So he played an extra 10 minutes pretty much last year compared to the year before. So you can sort of, you know, say, well, if he can get back to that sort of work rate at nearly 1.0 points per minute at 52 minutes, then he's sort of looking around a 52 average potentially on a break-even of 47. So, um, Stu, what, what, what's everyone banging on about with uh, Christian Welsh as a round one option? Well, I think I think a couple of things for that one. I know that Mark over at uh, Fantasy Amateurs did, did a big rundown on him early in the season. Basically, it is um, his PPM with and without uh, Dale Finucane is that uh, without Dale in the team, his PPM uplifts significantly. So, uh, basically, it's... Uh, his his involvement in the game and his responsibility within the team goes way up and you can just see that across basically every game where Dale was or wasn't involved so I guess just from an interest on our point of view Dale's not there anymore at all and who else is a leader in this forward pack especially with all these guys getting old and going off to the Dolphins so uh, I guess it's Christian Welsh possibly getting more minutes uh, more activity in the middle of the field and just standing up in general. So I think that's why people are thinking that he can go from like that mid to high 500s player to that mid to high 600s player and and make you some coin. So I guess he's the highest of those sort of uh, mid 500s forwards. But I can, I can see why people might be interested in him. Uh, so do you think he might be a high 50s sort of player? Yeah, look, I, 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 cert, I certainly feel like he's got that in him. I also feel like he's he's properly back uh, and in form since his uh, ACL. 
uh, injury that he had a little while back. So, yeah, look, I, I definitely feel like uh, Christian Welsh is uh, is up there. So uh, just on that PPM, so look, if Finucane was playing, uh, Welsh was at 0.8 PPM for uh, about 40 average, right, in 2021. And yep. with, with uh, Finucane missing, right, he's at 0.93 PPM uh, for 49.5 average, right? Add in those uh, couple of extra points from the offloads, and yeah, you're pretty close to mid-50s. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, so where do you got him? You got him spicy then, mate? I got him as a spicy choice. I'm not going to... If I look at people's team, and this is what I'm doing a lot at the moment, like people are posting the teams up. If I see Fanuka, uh Sorry, if I see uh, Christian Walsh in there, I'm happy to see him in there. I, You know, he's in and out of my team at the moment, depending on the mix, but I can see why you'd have him in there. You got him over Yutui Kamano or with him? With him? Um over depends on the next trial for Udo Kamani because I think Udo possibly has more upside but I just want to see it Mitch where you got him it's one of those things I've got him as a spicy pick and exactly the same as Stu I have him or Udo Udo Kamano I've just bit bit spooked by what I saw on the weekend um, with Stefano and he plays he plays for Maguire Yep. And now that makes me really spooked. And Christian Welsh plays at the Storm. And the Storm, uh, known entities. It's kind of like, you know, I see fantasy very much as, as stock. I've got lithium batteries in freaking Congo. Or I've got uh, the ASX 200. So I'll probably roll with the ASX 200 and pick up Christian Welsh because I know that he's likely to improve a little bit. I won't lose my shirt over him. Um, and I don't deal with Madge. So I think he's spicy. And as Stu said, if you got him in your team, you're certainly no nugget. Yeah, and, and he's not a flog, and in that team, that matters, right? He's a really nice guy. He's head of the... He's like, is he head of the Players Association? Or or Chiefs? I think, think you're right, Stu, yeah. Yeah, like he, he's the opposite of whatever a flog is. He's a really cool guy. Anyway. Oh, so. amazing. Okay. Well, 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 he's a spicy, guys. Um, potential boom, even. Okay, guys. Um, on to, as Stu mentioned before, Josh King is training the house town, 319K. His break-even is 26, and his 22 on average is 24.5. In 17 games, he's a mid, a 0.93 PPM. The PPMs keep coming. If I'm honest, guys, I didn't actually see him last year. I don't know how he plays, what he looks like, anything like that. Anyway, so I had to actually look him up. He came down from Newcastle. He's 26. I mentioned before, 26 is the age you want to be in the NRL as a, as a mid statistically. So he played 78 games for the Knights and 23.9 average in 32 minutes, which is a 0.75 PPM. But last year, guys, he was a 24 average in 26 minutes. So five less minutes, he averaged the same average. So that means his PPM has gone up to 0.91 adjusted. Okay, it's all base stuff. It's all base stats, tackles, run meters, everything like that. Nothing fancy with attacking. He doesn't miss tackles. He's just a hard-working dude. So pretty much if he can get around 35 minutes, guys, uh, off the bench, I reckon he's a huge option round one. Um, he, you said he looked good in the trials round one, didn't you, Stu? What have you got him as? I had Max King looking good in the trials for the uh, <laughs> for the Bulldogs. No, I, like I had him looking really good. Josh King, I, I wasn't as high on. Um, 
like I wasn't really looking out for him much as well. Uh, look, I, I'll was admit, Josh or Max that's been training the house down. I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm Josh. Lost. Josh has been training the house down. Max looked good in the trials, but Mitch, look, so Max isn't training the house down. Mate. Is that slander? Oh, I don't know, man. Uh, but look, Mitch, I'll let you have first crack because I've been talking for a long time. So you go for it. No, you're you're right, mate. Uh, my feeling is it's just the minutes that concern me. I love the PPM. There aren't too many uh, players you can pick up in the mid position this year that are potentially going to earn you cash. Like, you know, looking at my current team build outside of, you know, Kurt Mann, there's not many options. So Josh is certainly... Uh, someone you could possibly plug in and therefore is a spicy pick. My big issue is, does he get the minutes on this side? Um, hard to say. He, maybe he's a chuck a star on it for mine, but like again, um, I could be convinced he is a spicy pick. Nick, how about I've got you, him as spicy, boys. I've got him spicy. Yeah, for me, he's spicy too. I can't classify him as a boom just because I don't know that the minutes are there. And if you don't know that they're there, you just guessing and I can't like I, I think we try to be quite careful with these booms this year we're not trying to sell people on something which we we're not sure about yeah he's only 319k guys so you can sort of carry him on your bench for a little bit if, if, if he's not in the starting if he's not in the 17 obviously don't pick him but if he comes into that um, 17 then he's absolutely got that upside guys with a nice ppm Okay, so we've got him as a spicy boys. On to Jack Howarth, which we mentioned before. Two at uh, 500k, Jack Howarth, who only costs 220 in fantasy, thankfully. His break-even's 18, and he hasn't actually played in the NRL yet, guys, so he's an edge. So I mentioned earlier that he played center, which I was surprised with, but he's an edge for fantasy. Um, he had 12 runs for 112 meters gain in the trial. Four tackle busts, three offloads, 11 tackles, and 100% tackle efficiency. Didn't miss any. Big boy, 6'4", 105 kilos, moves well. Um, he would appear to me to have the talent to make some coin, but um, he sort of looks on the fringe. I'm not sure if he can crack the 17. Um, perhaps in the back end of the year, guys, with the Dolphin exodus of Kafusi and the Bromwich brothers, I think he could see some minutes, but... If he's not on the 17, guys, um, he, you just don't pick him. So I got him as a chuck a star. Uh, Mitch, uh, any opinions? I'd like him to play because, again, I wouldn't mind an edge who's going to make a bit of cash that can sit on my emergency spot because I do think, as I said at the start of the year, we're going to see some COVID out. So the more coverage you have, the better. Um, exactly as you said, though, chuck a star. I just don't know enough about him as far as how many minutes he's going to get and what sort of impact he's going to have on fantasy. You could go to the casino and roll with him, but if he's not in the 17, I think, you know, you're not going to you're not gonna make it quite off him in that situation, are you? Yeah. Nah, uh, Stu, look, is, is he worth a, two, a 220K, Stu? Is he worth just carrying on your bench until he does play? Or for, do you for, think for you me, need to have players that are starting? I, I'm not going to carry a single player who's not starting 17. Preferably, no one who's not starting 13, right, in my team this year, in my 21. It might hurt me to begin with, but I reckon it'll pay dividends. So it's all, all, grant, all, about, all about making cash. Uh, making cash and also just making sure you got coverage for injuries, for COVID, yep. for buys. Yep. I've I've played the game of oh cheap guy, oh it doesn't really matter. It friggin' matters. Um, because you got seventeen scoring players, you've only got four guys who don't. So you need you need them to cover. I will say, guys, Jack Howarth, very much like a real good keep an eye chuck in the star. So 
uh, he is a former Australian schoolboy and Queensland schoolboys uh, with Sam Walker vintage, right? Uh, absolute menace, basically. Uh, at 16, was an absolute menace. So he's 19 at, you know, that, that the height and weight. He's just, he's one of those guys who uh, physically... Like, if he's got the footy smarts to back up the physics behind him, he will just absolutely kill it. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's definitely definitely a specimen, that's for sure. That's it. Exactly. So, look, he's very much a chucker star, I think, for everyone here. And just wait. Swears, guys. We'll, um, we'll just fly through the Bromwich brothers. Um, I, they're gross. They're I reckon we could, we, we, just, we could dispatch both of them straight away, couldn't we? Yeah. yeah. They're just gross PPMs, guys. Don't bother. They're on their way out as well. Same as Felice Cafusi. Avoid. Gross PPM. <laughs> yep, absolutely avoid. Even though they're big-name players, guys, for fantasy, they are not relevant. Nelson is for Solomona. He's actually got a 1.02 PPM, guys. So he's he's 500K, so he's not cheap if the break even a 42. If there are a few injuries, big Nelson may have to play small minutes. Um, and his um, 2021 interchange PPM was 1.06. So um, I'm not too... Sh- I mean, I don't want to dispatch him because that PPM is just too good, but um, can such a large man play longer than 40 minutes? You know what I mean? Oh, I um, think that's his job is to basically be in there and just try and beat up tired people, right? Get those get those tries and those, those quick play the balls, which hurts people in that middle section. So the, the, the theory is 50 minutes, you 50 average, you know, makes you, you know, 10 point average bump, you know. Um, That's too rough though, man. Like I, I, I'd be very skeptical of that. I don't know. Mitch? I think he's an impact player. He's working well as an impact player on the best team in the league. Why would they break the formula? I think short of a number of injuries... Um, I cannot see that changing that 40-minute role. Um, you could convince me to chuck a star on him just in case something goes awry in Melbourne and half the team's banned for a, a snort gate. But, you know, at this stage, um, I would say he's a bust. He's 25, guys. You know, he's hitting that statistical prime on top of already being a statistical points per minute. Absolute animal. What so, have you got in mind, Nick? Ah, oh, chuck a star, I guess. Yeah, okay. I can get on board with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that too. It's just keep an eye out if he suddenly does bust out or gets those extra minutes. All Sweet right. as, guys. That's a, that's a wrap on the storm. Okay, so Mitch, I'll get you to take down the time for that one. But uh, yeah, hey, yeah, got it. Easy. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you like. I know what Nick's like. I know what I'm like. So... All right, so guys, we have as a boom, we have Ryan Pappenhausen and Xavier Coates, certified all three of us. Spicy, we have Jerome Hughes, Harry Grant, Christian Welsh, and Josh King. Chuck a star, we have Cam Munster, Nick Meany, Brandon Smith, Jack Howarth, and Nelson Asafa Solomona. And bust, we have the Bromwich Brothers. And for some reason, I have Nelson and Safa Solomona again. You know, maybe I'm just covering my bases. <laughs> Felice Kafusi, mate. Oh, Felice Kafusi. Oh, that's why I possibly just put the wrong person in. Felice Kafusi. Thank you. So, guys, ladder positions. Uh, look, I'm going to mix this up tonight. Nick, where have you got the storm? 
I've got them fourth. You've got them in the top eight this year. Holy shit. (laughs) 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 Oh, mate. So, in fact, yeah, you are pretty much a fantasy nugget, not the top eight. Jesus Christ. Uh, Anyway, moving on, uh, fourth. So that's that's still pretty low for guys who finished with a uh, minor premiership last year by a fair distance. Uh, they've lost depth, a hard schedule, um, another year of just drain to their, um, you know, depth and quality. So, yeah. Anyway, what have you guys got? Uh, Mitch? I think Nick made good points there. I actually can get on board with fourth. I'm not going to give him two out of time on that because I think they're valid points. <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I've got them in second. And the only reason they're second and, and, and not first is because there's only one team that I think that will finish uh, first this year. So, you know, as Nick said, they have lost a bit of um, that depth. And in a COVID year, that gives me some cause for concern. And the other thing I'd say is culturally, I do have some red flags over what's going on down there. So second it is this year. But, um, you know, if you had them anywhere in the top four, I could get on board with that. Oh, look, I've got them a second. I think they'll rack up those wins early and I think that they'll prep those uh, younger fellas to come through. And even those mid-origin games like round 14 versus the Roosters, the Roosters have also lost a bunch of guys to origin. So I think that'll be pretty much a wash. So look, I've got them a uh, second for me. Anyway, so... Anyway, I... Uh, Yep, okay, so guys, so we've got uh, two of us have them seconds. Uh, Nick's got them fourth, but look, they're all top four. So guys, we're going to come on to the premiers from last year, the Mighty Panthers. Oi, oi. So uh, I guess for the Panthers this year, guys, we have um, a few additions for their team. So we've got Christian Crichton, Sean O'Sullivan, and Chris Smith. And losses are a bit bigger list. Matt Burton, Brent Naden, Tavita Pangai Jr., Kurt Capewell, Paul Momorowski, and Tyrone May. So, guys, thoughts about these gains and losses for the Panthers? I think largely it's a net loss. Uh, though you've lost people who'd certainly contended in the flog team like Brent Naden and Tyrone May, uh, and even Tavita Pangai Jr., I suppose, uh, Matt Burton and Kurt Capel are hard to replace, particularly... Um, and it's going to be surprising, but particularly Kurt Capel, he is just such a starchy, tough player. Um, in those grindy situations, he was a, someone that they could really turn to. I think that stings a little bit. And Matt Burton, not much else needs to be said about him. He's going to be a stud out at uh, Canterbury. So, you know, they've got rid of a few flogs, but they have lost, lost some studs with them as well. That's it. The only thing that I'm hoping for here is that, like, yeah, it, pretty much the depth signings this year by the look of the new guys, Christian Crichton, used to play for the Panthers back in the day before he went to the Bulldogs and then did his ACL last year. Uh, brother to Stephen Crichton, much smaller brother, but older. Um, Sean O'Sullivan, I think, is a good signing. I think he's that depth piece for if Cleary or Luai go down. And Chris Smith, who's another former Panther. So I think, I think all three are former Panthers, I'll be honest with you. And that says something about the opposite for me, uh, the cultural issues. They're bringing back former Panthers. So, yeah, interesting. All right, Mitch, one big injury. Talk to me. 
I mean, look, it's the only injury anyone's cared about in the entire offseason, given that, uh, as you said, it's sort of like 40-plus percent of the uh, fantasy community own him, and that's Nathan Cleary. So did a good dive on Nathan, and gee whiz, do I have even more respect for the man than I did. Playing last year after what was claimed to be a sub-luck shot, it was actually dislocated uh, during the Origin game. He had 80% tear to his supraspinatus uh, tendon, which is one of his rotator cuff muscles. Uh, and had some subluxation of his bicep tendon. I don't know how the man was playing at the level he was. I know he had that dinner suit role, but he's racking up the points. He was in fantasy during that. Um, Far out, uh, 2022 could be a good year. As far as um, his return date, look, he is currently slated for a round one return date, but with the uh, Lardage that he's had to require, coupled with the... um, shoulder reconstructive surgery it is about a four to six month um recovery and that's sort of he had that mid-october so you know he is less so than cameron murray but certainly to a degree running the gauntlet to be healthy uh we've spoken about the latter many times during uh this podcast they're generally quite a good surgery the rotator cuff repair uh is good but it generally is better if you do it within 12 weeks of injury and Nathan was outside of that with his pre-injury conditioning uh, though and sort of you got NRL high level uh, rehabilitation not overly concerned about that uh, main issues with this sort of injury is there might be some hesitancy tackling and uh, running and hitting the line at speed um, there may be some decrease in his conditioning coming into the season, though, again, unlike Cameron Murray, he has had a bit longer to get back to the game. Uh, when we talk about fantasy rehabilitation, so the decrease in bulk uh, due to time spent rehabilitating and a possible reluctance to take on the line might see a decrease in tackle breaks and line breaks and therefore maybe tries. Uh, his tackling could be reduced or even potentially uh, we could see an increase in missed tackles as a result of other teams running them. So there's a potential loss in uh, points there. The things to look for, um, this is assuming you don't take him round one, would be which shoulder is he tackling with? Is he confidently hitting the line? Is he falling on that bad shoulder? If all those things are a tick, he should be good to go. But these are the sorts of things we look for for that elite level performance as far as the injury goes. Based on what I'm hearing, and particularly given the level of player he is and is going to be, I actually am now starting to be tempted to see if he's a round one scratch. And if he is, I think they're going to try and play him into the season. And at that point, I'd be looking to not get him, which I know is a controversial claim, and cash up on him later. If he's going to play round one, they're committed to him going from the get-go and in that situation he could just very well explode out and he needs to be picked round one so he looks to be a teamless Tuesday sort of pick from my standpoint um, but you know at the end of the day he's probably going to be the biggest fantasy scorer in the game so if you had him and he wasn't playing or you had him and you weren't sure you know you wouldn't cop for ridiculous criticism from me mm-hmm. no very interesting though yeah it's, it's good to hear about like that it wasn't just uh, one particular issue. There was there were multiple ones in that shoulder issue. It cool. was a lot more. It was a lot more than they let on. And realistically, when I look at it, I'm I'm surprised. And you know, they got a flag in there, so it was. I suppose it was worth risk. But I'm surprised they took it 
Um, if he copped a bad hit or really uh, did it again, it could have been career-ending. It, it, it was quite a serious situation. And, I mean, I suppose the right decision was made. But, gee whiz, um, you look at a player like that and go, he's, he's certainly got a future as far as toughness and skill goes if he can play through that. 100%. And to be fair, with that injury, he did crack at a, a century, round 23 as well, 106. So, yeah, that's very interesting. Uh, okay, so looking at that, I guess we're going to have a have a look at the strength of schedule. So, Nick, talk to me. How good is the Panther season going to be? Uh, bloody good, I think, mate. Third easiest overall schedule with the buy in round 17. They're the fourth easiest run to round 13 and the sixth hardest from round 18 post-origin. They've got a nice-ish sort of kind of stretch from round two to round six. They've got the Dragons round two, easy win. Knights round three, easy win. Rabbitohs round four, we'll see. Bulldogs round five, I think that's probably a win. And Broncos round six, so a pretty solid run. They then have a nice run through Origin. Cowboys round 12, Bulldogs round 13, Knights round 14, and Warriors round 15. The last five games are sort of a bit all over the place, really, but the last two rounds are good. Raiders round 21, Storm round 22, Rabbitohs round 23, but then the last two games, guys, Warriors round 24, and the Cowboys round 25. Yippee! In terms of teams they have twice, they've got some easy beats twice, guys. Bulldogs, Cowboys, Knights, and Warriors. Uh, In terms of other teams, they've got the Eels, Rabbitohs, Raiders, Roosters, and Storm. So it's actually a very good overall schedule, guys. I'm quite high on them this year for that reason. Um... Stu, I think it's going to be a good year, mate. What do you think? Yeah, well, look, if you haven't worked out, I'm a bit of a Panther supporter, but it's it's always good to see that sort of... Bandwagon. <laughs> You'd be a bandwagon <laughs> in like 1989. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the... Look, they're looking good as far as teams go. Uh, I think as long as they their team holds together, like depth-wise, I think they're in for a very nice year. I think that... Why the interesting one looks for me with that round 13 versus the Bulldogs actually because they will be depleted and I'm not sure of the Bulldogs team who plays Origin in that team right now. Anyone? Josh had a car. Paul Vaughan could get a run. Yeah, I'll look. Paul Vaughan makes a return to form maybe if he beats out Daniel Saifidi and Gerbo. But yeah. Gets out of the barbecues. Josh. <laughs> but look, Josh had a car is about it. So I reckon, you know, they might get tuned up that round. But. Yeah, it's it's a pretty good schedule. Mitch, your thoughts? I tell you what, there'll probably be a few uh, potential picks in the fantasy league just based on this schedule because 30 is your schedule with your best team in the competition. Um, I would suggest there'll be a few blowout games there. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to celebrating my 30th birthday watching the Panthers tune the Dragons up round two. I'll probably <laughs> then follow that up by tuning up the, the Knights and Rabbitohs round three, four. Like, it'll just be one after the other. Then they got Broncos around six. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, man, like, the, the, they, they could potentially have score 50 points in all of those games uh, if they stay healthy. I mean, you know, without jumping ahead to the predicted starting lineup, but... Dylan Edwards, Brian Toto, Nathan Cleary, and James Fisher-Harris were all slated as people who probably shouldn't have played in the finals due to injury. Like, these guys are all coming back healthy with possibly the exception of Cleary. <laughs> Gee whiz. Um, best of luck to everyone else. That's it. That's it. So, well, look, let's get to that starting 17, right? So we got 
I've got Dylan Edwards at fullback. He's been re-signed. I have Charlie Staines very tentatively on the one wing with Brian Toto very firmly concreted on the other side. I've got uh, centres Stephen Crichton and Isaac Targo at the halves, Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary. Uh, at prop, Moses Leota and James Fisher-Harris. Uh, Api Corusau at hooker. On the edge, I've got Viliami Kikau and Liam Martin. And Isaiah Yo at lock. On the bench, I have Mitch Kenny, Scott Sorensen, Spencer Linu, and I've got Taylor May. Though that one is a bit of a bit of a point of contention. So out of the other squad members, guys, uh, look, this is where those depth players come in. So I've got Sean O'Sullivan uh, and Chris Smith of interest there. Jamin Salmon, who played a little bit last year. Kurt Fultz who I believe played a lot of um, early ball with Nathan Cleary. So like through the junior reps and things like that. And is apparently like a, a bit of a gun player himself. And he played in the uh, trial the other day. Matt Eisenhuth, Christian Crichton, and Eddie Blacker, possibly the world's largest man. So in there as well, he might get a run at some point this year off the bench. So he was a... Eddie Black, if I remember correctly, he was a player swap with the Dragons. So Yeah, for Billy Burns. He was, yes. So, look, I imagine that they've... Invested. Billy Burns, what an acquisition. Well, I think last <laughs> year they kind of needed that depth until he got injured. I think uh, Hook was pretty high on Billy. But um, just for that sort of speed and, and movement. But, look, Eddie Blacker, he is a, he's a bit of a monster of a man. Anyway. He's a high upside sort of play. 100%. So, look, I haven't got him down for any fantasy relevance at all, but, geez, I'll be interested if he plays. So, speaking of fantasy relevancy, Nick. Get into who- it. Okay, we'll kick off. Nathan Cleary, guys, he's 1.05 million. His break-evens 84 in 2021. He averaged 92.8 in 16 games and a half. If you didn't have him last year, guys, you were screwed. It may be the similar <laughs> to this year. Um, yeah, I was screwed last year. Anyway, um, he's a must-have for captaincy. So 2021 stats, they all seem sustainable. So in 16 games, he scored 10 tries, 19 try assists, 8 line breaks, and 14 line break assists with 4.7 goals. So the Panth- Panthers were fifth in the league in total tries last year, surprisingly. So they were behind... Uh, the Storm, the Rabbitohs, the Seagulls, and the Roosters, which honestly surprises me. His base stats, guys, 18.8 tackles, about three tackle busts, two missed tackles, an offload, a turnover. So it, by a turnover, it means he's uh, forced an error or he's taken an intercept or something like that. He ran for 114 metres and he kicked for 520 metres. That's why we call it the Cleary nerf, guys, because he's you know 150 kick metres above number two per game. Um, so that's why they had to reduce it because Nathan Cleary literally broke fantasy last year. So he's going to lose eight and a half points due to kick meters and about three points due to tackle bust. So he's losing, you know, 12 and a half points just the, from the nerfs because he broke the game. He was second in the league in points per game at 11.6. So that was behind Ruben Garrick at 12.4. He was second in the league in net points responsible, which I mentioned before, at 12.38. So Tommy Turbo was first at 13.07. So that includes, uh, as I mentioned before, tries, try assists, try contributions, field goals, um, unless it's uh, tries score. So if you let in tries, guys, this sort of goes against you. So he doesn't let anything in and he scores a whole bucket load of points. I think he's a real deal. 
I've seen uh, the projection on a Rugby League Fantasy Pro. He's going to lose a whole bunch of coin according to them. I don't see why he would drop any coin. So his break even's lower than last year just because that's what his scores are. But when you actually go through all of his stats, people think he's cheating. I thought he was cheating somehow and that, you know, NRL Fantasy just wanted him to be the pinup boy and was just giving him points for free and there was outrage. But if you actually go through it all, everything he did feels completely sustainable. I think we're talking off the pod that, you know, he was playing busted last year. You know, back in the and still putting out ridiculous points. So, if he's there around one, well, guys, you got to have him. You got to have him captain. See, he's worth double. Um, in that sense, uh, he's a boom, in, in my opinion. Um, Mitch, uh, Stu, sorry. Yeah, look, I would say that he's a boom for me too. I'd say that, yeah, look, Panthers were fifth last year because especially after origin period where they lost a whole bunch of players and they then progressively got more busted throughout the year, they kind of went into their shell and they turned into like what you don't have there. They were the best defensive side last year. So they went into basically will score you, outscore you three tries to two much more than, you know, will rack up 55 points like the Storm were doing and then put the queue in the rack. So, that's that's where I've currently got them at, uh, and I've I can't I can't see him changing his game. I can't see the pan- why would the Panthers change a damn thing about how they play. So I I don't see that any changes in the game will hurt him at all. Uh, like the six again change rule won't hurt. Nothing else will. He'll be what are they people going to target him more? I suspect they were already targeting him, right? That, that's what I mean. It's like, how do you target him more? I hit him with a bus on the way in. <laughs> <laughs> COVID. <laughs> yeah, start people coughing at him, I guess, on the way into the ground. Like, don't know. Leak, leak more TikToks, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, what was the worst part about that? I saw that video the other day. It's like the worst TikTok ever. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ooh, I'm blinded by the lights. <laughs> you know, it's sad to say that will haunt his legacy for all time. I know if if Joey can get away she with sorting me. enough white powder to you know start up a Colombian marching band, then he should be all right. We expect that of Joey, though. <laughs> That's true. Oh, mate. Anyway, moving on. Uh, he's on, he's can... on track to be the goat at the rate he's going. He's only 24, guys. Uh, Mitch, what do you have, Mass? Gee whiz! Look, I, I just. I almost want to find a way to not have to start him because it just helps me sneak a few other cash cows in there. But unless, as I said in the injury report, unless he's not starting round one and they're clearly trying to ease him back in. And then, of course, the argument's going to be, well, he played well anyway, busted. I just, I think he needs his own category of being a must-have. He's not a boom. He's not a spicy. He's a must-have. He sits alone in the must-have category. I would say, though... And this is the only situation you can consider it is if you sat round one and possibly round two. Well, then in that situation, you you wouldn't get him. I feel like they'll be pretty cagey on him playing a week-to-week basis. And honestly, he should be close to playing if he isn't going to already. Uh, Greg um, Alexander did mention that he should be good to go for round one. I think an NRL-level rehab... Uh, if you put a gun to my head, I would say he's a 95% chance to play. So, you know, outside of that 5% where he doesn't, maybe you could justify that they're going to ease him in. 
He's a must-have. He has a category of his own. You got to have him. I've made you a category of its own. I'll have to get working on the thing for tomorrow night. But I've put him must-have if playing. Nathan Cleary. Yep. Done. There's yeah. boom. Must-have boom. Must-have boom. Okay. Uh, next, we got Jerome Luai, Nick. 476, 476K, guys. A break-even of 38. 22 on average. Yeah, average. 38.9 in 21 games. So, he's very durable as a half. So, he lost his mojo mid-season, guys. Oh, no, I've lost my mojo. Anyway, um, <laughs> with, with Origin and everything that comes with that. Um, so, he's 22 on average to round 12. It was 43.7, right? So, round 15 onwards when Origin and Cleary and all that sort of stuff happened in nine games, his average was 32.6. So, um, across the board, he he sort of had to assume those halfback role where he averaged 33, which didn't suit him. I think he was quite public about it. But despite all that, guys, he was still ninth in the league for net points responsible for it, 6.1 per game. So he still oh. killed it from yep. a net, from a, just an attacking point of view. So, you know, put him back in his natural role. I think uh, in 2020, he averaged uh, 45.7. So I think he could sort of have a, a bit of renaissance, guys, back to a, a mid-40s type of player. You know, the sort of player that Freddie uh, picked as the origin half um, to go with Cleary. And, you know, I've got him as a spicy choice, guys. Uh, He's he's a similar price to Sam Walker. And I think he might have a similar sort of um, fantasy upside as him as well this this year. Uh, Stu? I've got to chuck a star on him. I think that, like, there's not enough cash in there between 37 and 44, 45 to potentially make it worth it. I would say that, however, if, if uh, Nathan Cleary went down and Sean O'Sullivan was there to basically just take care of business, right, uh, I might pick up this year instead of pick down, I think, extra year. So it'd be a chuck a star in it for me. See, I disagree because I think he's better with Cleary just focusing on scoring. That's you know? true. I think so, you guys might be missing the thing that... Where the drop occurred was when a lot of those top Panthers backs were injured or playing busted or were not playing at all. And he and had I, an injury too, didn't and he? And he had an injury himself. I think the drop in points was likely just due to the fact, and we saw it towards the end of the green, that they just didn't have that attacking potency anymore. I see no reason why he won't bounce pretty well straight back to 45+. plus, um, Just with his abilities to score tries, set up line breaks, um, or line break assists rather. I don't think he's a, a pick. Um, I, I would classify him as spicy because if you had him on your team, I couldn't see why not, but I don't think there's enough cash there for me to justify having him there. But I just think it's a, an important point that, as I said, a few of those Panthers guys were busted and I think he just didn't have as much to work with as he did in the first half of the season when he was setting up all those points and having all those net points responsible. True and look, I'm happy. I'm happy to, to you two have convinced me, Nick and Mitch. So happy to put him there as a spice choice. Yeah. So just to um, talk about with and without Cleary. So with Cleary last year, he averaged forty point six, right? Without Cleary, thirty three point four. So that sort of confirms that he needs to have Cleary there. Um, okay. So. To, to have his mojo and, and, and be the Jerome that we all love to watch. So uh, I think he's quite spicy, guys. Um, not, maybe not as spicy as Sam Walker. We might have to revisit that uh, round one. Anyway, guys, um, on to Brian Toho, 713K, which is bloody expensive. A break-even of 57. 
in 2021, averaged 59.2 in 18 games as a wing fullback. So statistics, attacking statistics were pretty much 0.8 tries per game, 1.1 line breaks, 6.4 tackle bust to go 250 metres gained per, ga- per game. So he led the league in runs per game at 23.3, which was more than uh, Roger Tuivasa, Shek and Turbo. Um, he led the league in, me- in metres per game. So... Uh, Turbo was 210, RTS was 200. He was fifth in the league in tackle bust per game. He was 10th in the league in total tries per game. So, you know, he did all this in 18 games, guys. So, you know, if he scores more tries, oh, just watch out. He plays Origin. So looking at his low side projection, guys, I'm sort of thinking uh, 53. High side projection, potentially 60. Um, with a bit more tries and attacking upside. Um, but that's bloody expensive. I don't know how on earth you fit him into your team from a roster construction point of view. When you've already got Cleary, you may already have Harry Grant, you may already have Ryan Pappenhausen, I'd, you know, and a gun mid or edge or something like that. Um, Stu, how on earth can you fit someone like Toho in? Or is he, is he uh, even worth even considering round oh. one? Look, I, I don't think you can fit him in round one. I think there's still a couple of questions around how much great ball he gets just with a few changes there, like especially early on. Just maybe they're working that out. But look, he's an absolute quality player. Teams try kicking away from him. He just took the next sit up. They try kicking to him. He just busted tackles, right? Like immediately. So there's no avoiding him getting points during the game. He, he goes ballistic. So I think that he'll be quality. But yes, he he's almost certainty for Origin, and he uh, I'm I'm not sure that you can justify him round one. So for me, he's chuck a star. Agreed, Mitch. What have you got? Uh, yeah, he's a chuck a star. I don't think there's any cash there currently, but for whatever reason, if he drops in value a bit as they get into their groove at the start of the season. Um, I can't see why he couldn't get back to that 713k because a lot of those stats are very sustainable as far as um, you know uh, meters gained. Uh, he will get affected by the tackle breaks, but he'll still be getting um, those line breaks. So yeah, I, I think just wait and see. And if he drops in price, maybe jump on him. Yeah, bit bit, bit of a tangent here. My mate Flues, he loves um, Brian Toe so much. He reckons he's better than Teddy. And, and everyone like that. So, you know, Toro is absolutely uh, rated amongst the game in terms of, um, you know, quality. It's just, um, you know, uh, from a fantasy point of view, guys, there's, there's not so much cash. So we'll, we'll look to bring him in later. Um, on to Stephen Crichton, guys, 350K and break-even of 28. Uh, 2021 average was 35.8 in 23 games as a DPP centre-wing fullback. So he sort of played through, uh, both centre, wing, and fullback last year. So centre, he averaged 37.1. In wing, he averaged 27.8. In fullback, he averaged 38.6. So wing was clearly his worst position. He didn't have that sort of base um, stats from tackles. Uh, but in fullback, his attacking stats were up and his work rate in terms of his meters games was up. So um, he's likely to play centre, guys. Um, and you get back to more like his 2020 scoring where he averaged 38.4 all at center. So in 2020, he was absolute beast, 0.8 tries per game, 0.4 try assists, 0.8 line breaks, and 0.4 line break assists per game with 10.6 tackles, 2.6 tackle busts, and 120 meters per game. 
the issue is 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 he going to play left center? Stu, do you have any idea which side is he going to play on? Is he going to play left or right? Oh, look, I think he, they might keep him right center. But again, right center it means you're outside Cleary, right? I, mm-hmm. I'm not. <laughs> and Paul Morowski got to 450k just by getting the occasional good ball from Cleary, right? <laughs> and that's all you need because you will get you get put into space. There's holes appear outside you. Um, but I would but say, that left edge with Kikau and Toa though, and uh, you know, it is. But you, I think the Panthers. I think they realise that if you weight the edge too hard, I think uh, like you, you end up being a bit predictable and getting picked off. You know and having an intercept against you and losing the grand final. Uh, but, but more seriously, uh, he played wing last year because Charlie Staines didn't cut it. Uh, and so he went in to cover the hole and let Paul Morowski cover that center position. And so that's why I think he's worth a bit less than he could be. I think at left or right center, he's he's a quality athlete. He had some beautiful passes out of the hands and some amazing pickups of like some aerial ball. And he's a he's a pretty sure lock that he'll play fullback, whatever else. And if clear is out, he kicks goals too. I can't see why you wouldn't own this guy. For me, he's a boom. Mitch, where you got him? Boom. Um, he was a victim of having to cover people, as Stu said. Um, I think he's a 450, 500k player. So there's 100, 150k that you're going to make straight off the bat. So, a bit of a no-brainer, Stephen Crichton. On, on, on the best team in the league. So, yeah. you know. And dual player as well, right? Like, dual player. He was one of the first people I put in my team. Yeah, nice. He's at 40% plus ownership at the moment, guys, with the DPP, is, uh, as we said. So, absolutely bring him in. He's only 21, guys, so he's still got, you know, plenty of room for improvement. He feels like he's been around for a while, but, you know, he's only really learning his trade in the NRL, I'd say. Um, and particularly that centre position, which takes a lot of years to sort of master. So um, if you know his skill to, can match up to his athletic ability, then holy dooly, he's going to be a serious, serious, serious player. How good was that try though against the um, the Storm Stew in the in the semi final? Oh, oh yes, look, it, it was beautiful, and you could see he just has that beautiful set of hands. Like there's no bobble, there's no nothing else. It went in the hands on the ground. It's that that won us the game. He he and Matt Burton between them, they won us that grand final series. Hey guys, without getting Stu any more excited than he already is, we'll go on to Isaac Targo. <laughs> Mitch, you can answer the next one up quick. <laughs> 334k. His break even is 27, and his 22 on average is 24.8 in six games. So he's a very handy DPP edge center. He had decent production, guys, in 38.2 minutes um, off the pine. Um, 13.2 tackles, you know, 60 meters at a 0.65 ppm, which is pretty solid. Not excellent, but solid. So, you know, we're sort of thinking if he's a center, we'll look around 18 tackles, 80 meters gain. So he's going to have a 26 base, which is pretty much his break even. So, you know, this is interesting, actually. He was third in the league in error rate, 8.5. So, um, 2.15 errors per 80 minutes. So the 8.5 error, ma- error rate means that every, he drops the ball every eight and a half times he touches the ball, guys, which oh. is like just, Yuck. yeah, butterfingers. Like, hey, I just had some popcorn, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, if he just fixes, you know, bit of catch and pass, it, what do you reckon, Stu? They do the old, um, you know, uh, Sean Kenny Dow, he kept dropping the ball and Freddie made him walk around 
uh, everywhere with the footy in his hand. <laughs> look, Mitchell, I'll, I'll let you start with this one, mate. Uh, look, oh, if you can clean that up, I, I love the center edge position. The fact he's got that dual position role. As I said, there aren't too many uh, edges or mids where there's there's obvious cash there. I think, you know, if he's playing 80 minutes in the centers on, on that left side, there's going to be cash to be had there again. Possibly not as much as Stephen Crichton, but, you know, he, he's at the very least spicy, um, in my opinion. I'll throw it back to you, Stu. Is he going to get the 80 minutes in the yeah. left center? Oh, look, I reckon by the sounds of it, he's going to get those minutes in the center. Uh, he's He should be listed for that position this week. Obviously, if he's not, that's not great. He did get two errors in the trial two handling errors. So that's something to be wary of. I'm just looking here. He also got 34 points, like in a trials match where most other people did not get anywhere close to that. Um, and they're all pretty much base stats. So 14 runs, 123 meters, 51 post contact meters, two line break assists, one try assist. So I think his attacking stats will make up for the occasional fumble. Um, but you're right. He could go the way of Charlie Staines if he can't, can't keep it up. So for me, I think that You'll make money off him. And because of the DPP, he's a boom. But just be aware at some point, he's not like a boom and park in your team all season. He's more likely to be like a boom and trade up at some point. Yeah, Rugby League Fantasy Pro guys, they have him as um, one, two, three, the fourth best cash cow um, proje- oy, oy. on their projections. So they they reckon he can make around 160k and be sort of a 500k player. So that may be sort of the exit price, guys. Once he hits around that 500, cash out, move on, find another one. Easy. So certified boom or Mitch? What are you most spicy? I am a spicy, but um, I, if he's going to get that left edge, uh, left center for 80 minutes with the dual position, um, I could be talked into a boom. Hey guys, we've got him as a boom. Mitch not quite certified yet. On to um, Dylan Edwards, guys. 496K, break even of 40, 23-1. He averaged 41.7, 18 games as a wing fullback. Um, off the extension, like Stu said. So, you know, he'll be shouting everyone beers and everything. Good man. Um, second league in support runs, 201. Um, King Guffo was number one with 248. Uh, so he played on that broken foot, which Stu, it, uh, Mitch mentioned earlier, I think. His adjusted yep. average uh, with uh, the tackle bus nerf is 37.3. Um, but when you remove his injury game, so he went down a couple of times, his average was about 40. So that's why his break even's 40. Um, looking at the upside, guys, um, in 2020, his adjusted average was 47.8. You know, he was healthier. Um, he had many more attacking stats, and that was the difference. So he had an extra six attacking stats and a couple of base and that's why he went from 40 to 48 pretty much average so he only had five tries in 2021 as he supports so much i know nathan cleary always supports for the middle but you know i'm sort of hoping dylan edwards would be able to you know pick up some more sort of back in through the middle sort of tries um so i'm just going with the injury bounce back factor guys uh mitch any thoughts on dylan edwards yeah i actually got the sense uh, I remember Stu was giving him shit and getting upset at why Stephen Crichton wasn't playing more in fullback when Dylan Edwards was looking to be a bit limp. And he, I really got the sense through most of last year that he was injured and, and indeed that was the case. And then that, I thought they brought him back um, far too early with that broken foot. 
he's a classy player. I can't see why he couldn't return to his 2020 form or better. Uh, maybe, you know, getting towards that, um, you know, low 50s even every now and then. Um, I would consider him, based on that broke even, to be a spicy pick. I actually think he's, he's worth in the the uh, mid to low 600k sort of range. We know that the Panthers have a relatively easy schedule, particularly at the start. He'll be coming in healthy this year. Um, I'd have him as spicy at the very least. Chew where you got him. Yeah, mate. Look, you kind of convinced me there. And yeah, once I learned that he had that broken foot, because it, it was a little bit frustrating at times where he would just, he wouldn't have the pep in his step and he wasn't breaking the line or even getting the quick play of the balls or supporting as well. Uh, like the, I guess the quality of his support plays weren't as good, but as soon as you learned about the severity of that injury, it all started to make a bit more sense. So sorry, Dylan. Didn't realize, mate. Blame your medicos. <laughs> um, but as it stands, mate, he's definitely a spicy pick because at that price point there, like it's basically his base stats are pretty damn good. Right? Like, okay, for 20K, you get Dylan Edwards over the hammer. And I think Dylan Edwards is more likely to succeed. I agree. Uh, it's a very different team. The only difference is Hammer has got DPP. But yes, you're right. If you got the Hammer and you can find... But do you need centers in... You don't need centers in 2021 That's true. Great point. No, you don't. Great point. So, just saying, like, I'm looking at my team makeup now and going, why would I... You know, if I've got the hammer, why don't I find 26k for Dylan Edwards? And I'm thinking too, guys, he he must be healthy. They wouldn't sign to this two-year extension if if he wasn't in good form going into this year, don't you think, Stu? Yeah, no, it's definitely a good point Uh, for me. uh, Thinking about that extension, yeah. I, I definitely think that the Medicos would have a great eye if he if he wasn't right. There, there would typically is a forum uh, of coach management. Uh, that's sort of the general manager for Coin and Medicos that sort of make a collective decision on that. So the Medicos would have been involved in that. Fair enough. And look, uh, we got on boys. And, and it's interesting because they do have uh, Steve Crichton sitting there for a long term eight hundred k contract. So they must have some oh real faith God. in him. Oh my God. So where we got him, guys? That's that's just so much money for Steve Crichton to play centre. So yeah, I don't know. Is he spicy? Yep. Yeah, for me, he's, he's definitely spicy. Fantastic, guys. Well, we're almost there. Uh, Taylor May, guys, three hundred k break even at twenty four in twenty twenty one. He averaged uh, forty two in one game, at um, and he's a centre. So he's a brother of Tyrone May. He's no longer with the Panthers for reasons we cannot discuss. And he looks to be the backup winger. Um, or centre behind Targo or Stain, some sort of thinking. Stu had him in the 17 uh, jersey, so we'll see maybe where he, he actually plays if he can crack the 17. Um, I don't know where Stain sort of sits. He was sort of out of favour, as Stu mentioned before, uh, when he was benched for Stephen Crichton to assume the wing and, you know, Momorowski to come into centre. So Taylor May's got one game in the NRL. He had two line breaks, six tackle busts, nearly 200 metres. Um, for 42. So once you left the tackle bus of six, he looked at 36 average, which is still ridiculous, you know, for a kind of rookie. Uh, looking at New South Wales Cup stats, guys, he averaged 43.3 in 80 minutes in 2021 in 10 games. So his winger average is 45.2 and his centre average is 39. So 
Either way, if he can uh, get a crack in the starting side, he's a certified boom. It's just whether he can get there, guys. Um, Stu, any any thoughts on Taylor May? Have you, have you seen him at all? Thanks, Stu. Had to go somewhere real quick. I'll uh, I'll take this one. Um, the thing about Taylor May is because he's got that centre role, he might find himself um, sitting in that 17 jersey and not getting any minutes. If he can crack the 13... I'm interested, but I'm not sure if he's going to get on that squad on the field enough to be worth any coin, particularly at 300k. Um, maybe if he was at 220, you could tempt me into putting him on my, on my emergency list. But I am concerned that um, if he's not on the field for that full sort of 80-minute roll, um, where are the points going to come from? Yeah, I mean, he won't go backwards in, in price necessarily, I guess, um, if he's on the bench. Because he, he came off, uh, I think he might have come off the bench for that game for 42. What did he start? I can't remember when I looked through. But, um, yeah, I guess I guess we'll see. Um, so, what, we're chucking his star in him potentially. But if he's if he managed to jag that spot from Staines, then, you know, he could he could potentially make some coin. Uh, well, as, it, said, so. as you were well, 300K, like, you, they're decent for sure. So, you, I'd definitely chuck a star in him, wouldn't you guys? Yeah, yeah he, has, he has to be a chucker star because he's clearly in favour over Staines and if you have an injury, well, he's next man up, isn't he? Hmm. Absolutely. Um, st- skipping over to Charlie Staines, guys. I'm just going to dispatch him. Don't bother. Um, he scored six tries in his first two games for an average of 58.5 and ever since then he's been super crap from a fantasy point of view and I, I think he's out of favour with Cleary, uh, the coach. So, yeah, I'm out on Staines, guys. Dispatch for a bust. Dispatch unless he's fullback. Mate, even at fullback, he's still pretty trash from a fantasy point of view. Dispatch. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Dispatch. Yeah. I looked at his um, New South Wales Cup scores. Just just don't bother. Um, James Fisher-Harris, guys, onto the forwards. 683K, break even 55 in 2021. He averaged 52.7 in 20 games. He's a mid and he's got a 1.0 PPM. Um, fifth in the league in decoy runs, 7.8 per game. Uh, 2021, his adjusted average was 53.5, which is mainly base stats. So 29 tackles and 164 metres gain, absolute monster. He scored um, two tries and two tackle busts. Um, two tries total, but he had two tackle busts per game. Um, and his PPM last year was fantastic, guys. Uh, in 2020, it was 0.87 and last year is 1.0. So, you know, he had a much better year last year, which is fantastic. Um I think the difference, though, was his, his minutes were slightly down from uh, 2020. So that's why his um, average didn't really go anywhere necessarily because he played less minutes, but they were more uh, effective. He doesn't play Origin. He's durable. He's got job security. He's age 26, which I keep banging on about. Um, I think the upside could be is if he get his 2020 base stats of 517 um, where he was making more tackles and running for more meters, and you add his attacking stats from 2021, he could actually average up to 64, but I think that's fairly unlikely. Um, that's paying territory there. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, you're looking at ridiculous PPMs, and, you know, I don't... I think at a 1.0 PPM, I think that's sort of where he's at. I don't see him having a 1.2 PPM necessarily, which would just be... You know, not a 1.2, but a 1.1 PPM, which is just ludicrous. Um, but uh, which would be another 10%, you know, statistical output. Um, 
I just don't see it happening. So I'm sort of thinking he's going to bang on 55. But Stu, um, yeah. do you he, think he could? No, J- James Fisher-Harris is one of those guys. He's, he's ultra-reliable. He's got a few things in him, but he's not that great. I, I, I'd chuck a star in him in case his price does come down at some point because he, he, he plays most games, right? He plays them. He does. He just he doesn't stop. So. And, G- and gee whiz, does he look in sort of peak physical condition. It's something I forgot to mention last week after we watched the all the uh, Indigenous game far out. Like, add him to the list of people we could not put down in a tackle. He, he Not only could we not put him down, he'd run us over. <laughs> that, we, we, we'd be in the bloody hospital trying to tackle him. As Cooper Cronk <laughs> said, he's been eating barbells. <laughs> oh, he's not wrong. <laughs> And look, oh, bloody and hell. J- j- just because we're getting on a bit here, Nick, we can probably put Isaiah Yo in that same sort of uh, like watch and wait, especially because he plays Origin as well. I think he's uh, riskier from a concussion point of view, though, guys. Ooh, he had yeah. Good point, two, Nick. In, two in 2019, one in 2020, one in 2021. Um, I think he was a bit lucky last year to only get one um, based upon these rules and... I know he's the best lock in the league, but I would proceed with caution, chuck a star on as I yo as well. 100% for, for us. Uh, okay. okay, who's next? Appy Coruscant, guys. Um, how are we feeling about him? He's 656K, break even 52. He averaged 50.1 in 2021. 14 games, he's a hooker and a 0.74 PPM, which is you know, pretty solid for a hooker. So he played 68 minutes for 49.4. Um, in 2020, he averaged 58 in 75 minutes. So, uh, Mitch Kenny's drinking his milkshake. Mitch, to take your uh, metaphor, so uh, how much more of his milkshake do you think he's going to drink this year? Oh. Um, we got, you know, isn't isn't he signed elsewhere for next year? Appy Coruscant is going to the Tigers, I think. So, um, good, 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 good move, Appy. <laughs> <laughs> Good he, he's a bank, I guess. <laughs> yeah, true. I think he's on a five fifty deal at uh, Panthers off the top of my head, so he must be getting more coin from um, the joint venture. You'd have to double uh, the coin to get me to play for Madge. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you'll need the coin for the therapist you need to see during the mid season, you know, having a having to listen to Madge all year. Um, anyway, uh, I got Appy's a bust just upon Mitch Kenny uh, drink, me drink his milkshake. Stu, yep, hundred percent agreed. This batch, okay. Uh, Kick out, guys. He's a popular because he's a big name player at five sixty six k with a break even of forty five. He averaged that in twenty twenty one. He's very durable, actually. Twenty three games in the edge and a point seven six ppm. Point seven six ppm, guys, is up there with Angus Crichton. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can't turn your nose up at him, but his minutes, guys. His sweet spot is between 60 to 70 minutes where he averages uh, 53.8, right? That is an eight, nine point over his break even. So I'm sort of thinking with Capewell gone, you've got Martin not drinking some of that milkshake. You don't have Capewell drinking any of that milkshake, but then you've got uh, Stew. Your mate Sorensen, yes. he's going to potentially play on that edge, weren't you Look, saying? The, the word is, apparently, is that Sorensen uh, might play more of that uh, Liam Martin role. Bit of edge, bit of middle, bit of whatever they need. And the coach is pretty much playing the edges by eye. Like, are you looking a bit tired? Come on off. New bloke comes on. And look, it works well for Melbourne. Like, as you saw with the whole Grant and Smith thing. 
So I, I reckon it'll be something pretty similar. What do you got him as, mate? Is he can you can he be a bit spicy for you, uh, big old Billy Kickow? I the issue with Kickow is that it's it's rocks and diamonds. Like, uh, just give me a sec. I'm I'm gonna pull him up here. I feel like you know I'm like the world's cheapest version of Joe Rogan's lackey here. So I'll look. Up Mitch, my what have you got him as? Whilst she's looking him up, what have you got him as, Mitch? Can I kind of tempt you with a bit of spice? Uh, I, I think he's spicy, but I, fec- I effectively think I know what Stu's going to say, which is he's either the best edge in the game or, you know, yep. one of the worst. <laughs> 100%. And, he cracks and, off an 82. <laughs> and I don't want that sort of roller coaster ride in my fantasy year. So you could definitely convince me with those stats he's spicy, but there is not a chance that Knucklehead's ending up in my team. Like, he single-handedly lost him the... Um, grand finals for the Melbourne Storm in 2020. Yeah, he did. He's just yeah. capable of so many errors. And with if, if you gave me a body of that size and that speed, I can tell you what, I'd be doing a lot more damage than him. So I often watch him and go, what is going on? Uh, and then finally cracks one off and you go, oh, well, there it is. So... Yeah. So if I, you're playing, if you're playing fantasy overall, spicy. If you're playing head to head, I would not touch him. So uh, just looking at here, right? Uh, him last year, uh, Viliami Kikau, 38, 82, 50, 73, 31, 28, 38, 25, 47, 33, 42. We're only up to round 11 here, and you've ridden the full roller coaster, right? There's other scores <laughs> of 29, 33, because you go around the loop again. Then, of course, he gets a 68, right? And then round, yeah. 17, round 20 versus a storm, 17 in yeah. 70 minutes. Yeah, you cannot have him in your team, even if he busts out a ninety-seven versus the Tigers off the bench, right? Mm-hmm. That's basically David Fafita territory. Yeah, on his day, he's David Fafita, and on the rest of the time, he's you know, Jojo. Drink the cover. <laughs> <laughs> so I just you, you cannot have him in your team if you're a serious, uh, serious overall or head-to-head player this year, and. I, I'll put it this way. Everyone does it because of name recognition. I did it the first year that I played. I regretted it all year. Bust. He's a bust. Uh, oof, no, I can't get on board with a bust. He, okay. He's got to be spicy. Okay. Oh, Nick, look, I, you, you know what? He's not deciding vote on this one, mate. I can't go on spicy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I will tell you now, you will have little tears in your eyes if you pick up kick out. I'm not recommending you take him, but it, like he's an interesting point of difference. Like, there's not a chance he's ending up on my team. The it's a, it's a serious pod. It's a serious pod. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. No, I'll, I'll pay that. Okay, who's next? Moses Leota? Yeah, getting stuck into Moses. He is uh, 515k. Um, we can pretty much uh, dispatch him, I think, guys, because he's a 1.02 ppm. And I think he'll only get about 40 minutes because he's just that kind of player. So he only topped 50 minutes once in 2021. So I'm not going to suggest that you pick him up from a minutes point of view. So um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't personally touch him. So I got him as a bust despite his PPM, which sounds weird because I just don't think he's the kind of player who will get more minutes. Um, what do you think, uh, Stu? Uh, yeah, mate, totally agree. Uh, Leota, they bought him for a specific reason. He's there to bust up people at the beginning of the game, get their team going forward. 
Um, and then they just take him off and they bring in the next fresh boy and then get him back to the, the game. It's a bit like Nelson, which we talked about before, like epic PPM, but they just won't get those minutes based upon their player style and stuff. Uh, Mitch, you got him as a bust as well? Yep. On board with all of that, boys. Okay, guys. Liam Martin, 499K. Um, he played Origin last year, actually. Break even of 40. Um, uh, he averaged 39.3 in 2021 and 23 games. Edge, 0.68 PPM. He's going to start the right edge. Uh, when he started edge, he averaged pretty much 42 in 70 minutes. So he misses so many bloody tackles, guys, on the edge. 3.8 missed tackles. Liam, fix your tackling, mate. Seriously. You're hurting us fantasy managers. Otherwise, you'd be you know, high 40s, you know, maybe even 50 just from missed tackles alone. Anyway, uh, his career second row average is 436 so the reality is I don't think he's going to go anywhere unless he can fix his tackling, um, which you don't really see people fix all too, all too often. So um, I think he's a bust uh, personally, um, even though he's going to get the starting role just based upon his historical stats. Um, Mitch? Unless he cleans up his tackling, he's a bust. Um, there's just not enough cash there. He plays a bit of that Corey Harrier Naira role where he often gets like the first hand to someone. Right, he just doesn't necessarily put them down, but he does slow them down, so it helps the team. Just doesn't help him personally. So it's not like the mm. bad missed tackles where people go through the line to score. It's kind of the good missed tackles where he's just kind of slowing down the play. Or yeah. the Panthers have often got a thing where, like, the guy will slow him down, then he'll start running back to the to the line already because he knows the guy behind him's got him. So, uh, look. But yeah, Liam, I, I can't see many points in him, especially if Scott Sorensen does play that um, that relieving role and he only gets 60-65. So for me, he's a bust. Yep, totally agree, guys. Uh, Spencer Lenu, by request of Stew, last player of the night, guys. 322K with a break-even of 26. He averaged 25.5 average in 17 games as a mid. So he's got a super PPM. 1.04 guys now the reason why he is interesting because he only plays like 25 minutes mm-hmm. per game so the reality is you know because they keep having this player drain they, they're gonna have to start tucking into the depth which means Spencer Lenny must play more minutes guys so he passes the eye test he passes the PPM test um you know I'm sort of thinking with Tamau gone 2020 Capewell and TPJ gone as well this year being at 35 minutes, guys, he's going to make you 10-point average, which means he must be a boom. But, um, Stu, any ideas on his minutes? No, not yet. Uh, the Panthers haven't really put together the full squad yet. Like, they just I haven't seen it. I was hoping it would be out for tonight. I could get a better idea. But I would say that, yes, he he's one of those guys who will benefit from the increased minutes. They haven't really bought any middle forwards apart from um, Chris Smith, who's a total total depth signing. So I would say that um, Spencer Lenu's looking to aim up. And I think this is how the Panthers' development system works. Kind of like Isaiah Yo at one point was sort of a bit of a fringe. Then he was a center. Then he was a second row. And now he's a lock, right? Spencer Lenu's getting sort of a little bit more, a little bit more. And I think he'll start playing like proper, like big boy first grade very soon. So for me, I really want to watch this trial. And if he... If he starts to get like some real minutes in there, I'll be very interested. Spicy or chucking a star stew? Spicy for me, at least, because yeah, you can find that 10 points there. Uh, plus, there really aren't that many middles there. 
Is he that? No, there's not. Not on that bench. No, no, not on that bench. No. And, and what do you mean I, in general? I mean in general, and but also for the Panthers, there aren't that many middles on that bench. The Panthers, and there aren't that many middles, uh, just available at that price point. Like there's Bullimore, and there's Dylan Walker for a hundred grand more. How many more are we talking about? Max King, maybe. That's, That's about it. it. Anyway. Yeah. Right. And Josh. Bit of spice, Mitch. I've got to chuck a star on him just because I want to see the minutes played. Uh, even if he plays well in the trial, I need to see that Cleary's going to play him at least 35 to 40 minutes a game because at that point you get that 10 points a game. Because remember, guys, he's only playing 25 minutes, so the big fella can afford to play at a high octane. We, I would expect if he crept up to the mid-30s, his PPM might drop a little bit. So I want to see 40 minutes before I get on him. But, um, you know, if... If you had him on your team as a bit of a, a risk, I wouldn't criticize you for it, but I personally will be waiting. Yeah, it might be just be waiting for this this trial, guys, to see if he gets any types of minutes and stuff like that. So I, I'm going to put him spicy just on an assumption that he actually does get at least 30 minutes. I don't think that's out of the realm to, to sort of pencil him in for 30. So that would make him some sort of cash. Anything above that's just going to be absolute gravy, guys. So... Um, it will definitely make you a whole bunch of money, and then you, you cash them out around you know four four fifty. I'd say. Okay, yeah. uh, I think that's the whole list, you. Yeah, hundred percent. And I was just in that four four fifty realm. That's kind of where we got out on uh, Fui Maono last year, plus uh, Alvaro. Like it's it's very possible, guys. You get in on these guys around that price, and you just you cash out when you th- see things are going sideways. Yeah. Anyway, look. let's look at the ladder position. Uh, so I went first with Nick last time. So you know what? I'll go first this time because I've got them Panthers, the Mighty Mighty Panthers at first this year. So I think they're a bit of an easier run that they have than the Storm. Although, you know what? They could go as far as fourth or fifth, I'll be honest with you, depending on how heavily injury and origin take their toll. So it's like a aspirational first for me. Nick, what have you got? Second, mate. Mm-hmm. Who have you got first, by the way? He's got the Roosters first. Chooks. Oi. Okay, fair enough. Makes sense. Mitch. Yeah, I can get on board with that. Uh, well, I mean, by order of deduction, it has to be first, right? Uh, you got the best half in the game. Uh, you don't have too many significant changes, maybe with the exception of loss of uh, Matt Burson and... Um, oh, shit, who was the other one they Capel. got rid of? Capel. But... They've got the pedigree there, and they're a young team. They've got another year of success under their belt. They're just going to grow and develop on that. They've got one of the easier runs in the NRL. I could very easily see them being sort of 10 or 11 wins on the trot. Yep, they'll take a hit during Origin. I think they'll manage that better this year. So really, it just comes down to injuries and depth. And I think, you know, given that the Storm have a harder run, and I think the Roosters will struggle with a couple of key injuries again, um, they've got to be first. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, especially with that Kiri busted. So, which um, I predicted by the way oh, before, it, did. before it even happened. That's it. <laughs> it, it looks That's like just you're... just self feather in the cap uh, <laughs> for you listeners, which also would make Sam Walker a boom, and I'm pretty sure I said that as well. Fair enough. We'll look. We'll, we'll look into that. I guess um, we'll we'll, we'll find out if Drew Hutchinson plays uh, plays uh, seven or not. I guess come round one. Yep. Uh, 
Okay, so guys, we're going to get to the very last part here, and I understand it's been a very long podcast. Thanks for listening to it this long, but we're getting to the very, I guess, probably the most important part of this podcast, which is who are we recommending for people to have in their teams? So, look, Nick, I'll let you have first pick of today's ones, mate. Who are you recommending? It's with a heavy heart, I say, Nathan Cleary. Oi, oi, oi. Okay, and uh, Mitch, who have you got? Uh, I've got uh, I've got Stephen Crichton tonight. Um, one of the better high octane players in the game, I think, at that price point. Uh, you got to take him. Hopefully, he has a stable year in centres, and he's not covering Charlie Staines and Dylan Edwards too much. Fair enough. Yep, and we've got, to, we've got so many recommended player options tonight, guys. Next year for the previews, we've got to have a crap team with a good team, I think. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so that we're not here trying to, and I, I'm trying to walk back. Oh, yeah, uh, Charles Nickel Klotz said, Oh, yeah, about that, uh, <laughs> mate. I recommended Xavier Savage, so you know, that's true, <laughs> and well, Billy I- Williams. Oh, sorry, Billy Smith. Billy Smith, yeah, who's yeah. like contact. Oh, I guess when you recommend them that far out, you just you're taking the best shot. So look for me, I've got Ryan Pappenhausen just to the fact that I think that he's probably the cheapest keeper wing fullback that you've got, and you, I don't reckon he plays Origin this year, as no. it stands. And so no. you just park him, as long as he stays. And then you can, you know, obviously concussion, you take the hit, you cry a little bit, you sell, like everyone yep. else. <laughs> Anyway, so guys, that's it from us. Uh, look, it's uh, so I've got Ryan Pappenhausen from me as the recommended. Nick has Nathan Cleary, potential future immortal, and uh, Mitch has Stephen Crichton. So, look, guys, any final thoughts from you guys? Uh, I'll be surprised if anyone made it to the end of this podcast. If they do, give us a shout out. And other major thing, guys, is we really do like uh, the feedback, particularly when it's constructive. We always look to perform, um, to improve and perform better. So, you know, we, we won't cry about it if you let us know the bad things we're doing. Happy to hear the good stuff, but always looking to get better and uh, give you a better experience, hopefully. so. That's it. And, you know, I'm definitely going to have to rustle up some Ukrainian jelly beans if I can here. Assume that Putin doesn't steal them all, right, for my Starburst jelly beans. So hopefully I'll, I'll still be able to get my supply back because it's getting harder and harder to find. I really got to order them. Nick, anything from you? No, mate, just uh, join the league. Uh, it's on our socials. Um, come beat me. It won't be hard, uh, although I will be taking Cleary, as you can tell. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, best of luck in your team construction. Send it through to us and um, we'll let you know our thoughts. And, you know, next week will be a fun pod. Um, it won't be as long, we promise. So, yeah, that's yeah. it. Ne- ne- next week, because uh, we don't have the team list, we're just going to talk trials and then we're going to talk about our team list, Pride Team List Tuesday, and how we built them and why. So, uh, I guess on that note, guys, uh, oh, thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, thank you from the whole team. Bye.